Adam and Mickey broke, <laughs> which I can't refute. And you'd be in with, the, with the, the, the show that your pathetic little trailer. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, August 16, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 435. This is No Agenda. At the foot of the Arches National Park, where there's lots of stargates. From the great state of Utah in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where streaming is the future of television, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's the future of everything. It's the future of radio. <laughs> For those of you listening to the podcast, we just spent, uh, oh, I don't know, about 20 minutes trying to connect to the stream. Uh, from Moab, uh, Utah, where we are on 4G for the first time during the Hot Pockets, Hot Pockets 2009 tour. And uh, it's uh, been kind of challenging for me today, uh, getting that all set up. Yeah. So where, <laughs> what is Moab? Moab. It sounds like an acronym for more old... Uh, a whole no mass massive what? ordinance uh, in the morning, Sergeant Fred. Massive ordinance uh, atomic bomb or whatever. No Moab, Moab, Utah is uh, famous. What's it famous for? It's famous for its uh, amazing rock formations here in the national parks. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of neat rock formations in this country. This is where they have the arches. You've surely you've seen. Oh, the, the arches! Oh, yeah. the arches are in Moab. Yeah, <laughs> those arches are dynamite. They're stargates, you know. Oh, yeah. Did you walk through it and end up someplace else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I walked through it and ended up on the other side. <laughs> in Moab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, all boots on the ground, all subs in the water, and all feet in the air. And, of course, all of the people on the other side of the Stargate. This is the No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the universe, some say. And we agree. Are you beaming into the Stargate? Because I'll tell you this. If you watch the old show, Stargate, they could somehow send a radio signal into the hole. And then the other side could barely get... Did you hear me? You're breaking up. How do they do that? How does that happen? I have no idea. It sounds like bull crap to me. Yeah. Well, it could be. But we were in, uh, in the National Park yesterday... Driving around. It's actually, it was yesterday was reasonably nice, only about 92 degrees, which for the desert is, uh, is, is that's great. Cool. Yeah, it's great. Uh, today, of course, it won't be so cool. I'm locked in the sin bin. We've got the air conditioner off. We've kept it as cool as possible. Um, and it is 10.22 a.m. here, so by the time the show is over, I will be a, a, a melted ice cream cone, basically. Good. Yeah. Um, the hot pockets. So think, of it, think of it as an inexpensive steam bath. <laughs> yeah. One of those, uh, one of those where huts. You just put a towel around you. One of those huts where you go to sweat out your evilness. What's that? You know, one of those. Uh... Yeah, evil sweat out hut. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Cool. Sauna. It's called the sauna. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been, man, we've done over three thousand miles already. Mm. Uh, on the uh, Hot Pockets tour, uh, we were last in Boise, Idaho. And um, after our uh, show on Sunday, Mrs. Mickey and I uh, rolled on actually kind of back in the direction we came from, and we stopped at uh, Twin Falls once again, where we'd been before, but we stayed overnight there with one of our producers, Rick Smith. His, uh, Sounds lo- like you're backtracking. A little bit. 
Cause, but just a tiny bit, because we're going to go down to uh, New Mexico. So we stayed with uh, Rick Smith, producer, uh, and his lovely wife, Barb, and daughter, Stormy. And this was uh, uh, this was a, a fantastic evening we had. How old is the daughter, Stormy? Five. <laughs> oh yeah, she, she, I think she's in the pictures that you sent out on the in the newsletter. Yeah, I will hope that most people would open that particular email because there are probably links to what ten thousand oh. photos. <laughs> if you were if you were in our path, there's a picture of you. <laughs> and by the way, that uh, Mustang Sally picture, which I put in the, in the mailing, that, <laughs> that that machine's not looking very good. It looks pretty crummy. Yeah, yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> Yeah, that's Mustang Sally, all right. So I was going to pepper the uh, new, that that mailing with more photos. Yeah, but apparently everybody who took photos and posted them on Flickr thought that they that these snapshots were so valuable that they restricted use. So I can't capture them for, or link to them or anything on Flickr because it's copyright. What do you and mean? No, it's no, it's it's uh, the Flickr pictures are uh, Creative Commons copyright. Yeah, yeah, and you know how they deal with Creative Commons on Flickr. Yeah, copyright can't copy them. No, you can't take new. You can't grab them. That's you not true. You can't download them. You can't link to them. That's not true. It is true. Oh, that makes no sense because it's Creative Commons share alike. They, they don't deal with. They don't have a million things they can do. They just limit it or they don't limit so it. So if you click on, so the you put a restriction on there. You cannot download it. You cannot link to it. So I had to do those pictures I got by taking really che- cheesy screenshot. You're kidding? Now you must have done something wrong. Are you a Flickr no, member? Wrong. You right click and it's either say it gives you a message. No, it you says, don't want to right click. You want to click and click again, and then you get all I sizes. I, I know I did. I got the big picture, and I cl- then you, then you got at some point you got to right click to get the link location, and it, it's not doable. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, that makes no sense, and I shall complain because the whole idea of Creative Commons share alike is that you can, you know, with attribution, is you can share them. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Yahoo. It's whatever. Yahoo. It's Yahoo. I'm going to call Marissa. Uh, what's her name? Martha. Hey, Marissa. Ma- Martha. Hey. No, Martha. Martha Myers. Martha, Martha Meyer. <laughs> hey, Martha. Martha, what's up with that, big girl? This is no good. Hey, people are in the chat room are saying they just saved one right now. Yeah, well, they say probably there are some in there that are okay. But I'm just saying the ones uh, I wanted uh, that were sounds not weird. good. Anyway, so the two that are there were screenshots. So anyway, uh, we stayed overnight at Rick's uh, place. Who uh, there's some pictures in there. Uh, he has a pickup truck, and he has written on his uh, windows as well uh, words like "slave inside," <laughs> which gets him lots of interesting looks at the gas station at Twin Falls, and ad- an "adios mofo" on the back, which no one, of course, gets outside of Texas. <laughs> but he had a, an official no agenda parking spot for us, which was great, and uh, we just pulled up, and uh, he had a nice barbecue, well, b- burgers for us on the grill, and we had uh, some drinks. And I tell you, man, Rick got me into some crazy, crazy out there podcast that I hadn't heard of yet. Uh, so we wound up drinking and talking quite late, actually. Um, and uh, Rick used to be a uh, he used to drive truck. And so he uh, gave up. He used to drive truck. That's how you say it, brother. He used to drive truck. You don't say he was a truck driver. You say he used to drive truck. And um, and um, and he also also was a firefighter for the. Uh, he fought a lot of the uh, the wildfires. 
So he cut us two CDs, one with fantastic trucker music. I mean, stuff that some I'd heard, but other stuff, you know, you, you can't hear that on the radio. And the other one uh, was one of the CDs he would play while he was out there fighting fires. So I have like two perfect um, starter kits for uh, daily source codes. I'm just going to fill it up with some extra stuff. So we were cruising on down to uh, Salt Lake City playing all of that. It was very, very cool. Um, Salt Lake City, where, of course, we'd been to Layton, uh, stayed there with uh, with Mike. Now we went to Justin Peck's house. And uh, this was a very young meetup, actually. Uh, young, A lot of young people came by. Uh, what is a young person? Uh, I'd say 20s. Most people in their 20s, maybe a few in their early 30s. Th- Actually, Mike came. I know he's not 20, but Mike came uh, came, uh, came down from Leighton. He came to, to this meetup as well. Um, and it was it was actually it was really good. I mean, I learned a lot about uh, the Mormon faith. Or as we say here in these parts. Wait a minute. Well, let me get this straight. So you're in Utah and you ran into some Mormons? Uh, well, we call them LDS, John, is uh, is how we classify that here. So you say... We? Oh, yes. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> we here in Utah. Uh, and there were a few LDS, at, which is, stands for Latter-day Saints. A couple LDS at the meetup. Uh, I think everyone had been raised LDS. And it's very interesting. This uh, this this Latter-day Saints, they, they basically are constitutionalists who believe in God. Yeah, it sounds about right. And uh, in fact, I'm sure you have heard of the White Horse prophecy. Uh, no, really? Oh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to go. I, yeah, I figure that's I'm going to hear crap. about it eventually. Yeah, that's bull crap. All right, uh, you can look it up on the Book of <laughs> Knowledge. Bull crap! Yeah. I get a bunch of nasty notes. I expect you would be that. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that as bull crap. The okay. White, the, yeah, uh, that is bullcrap. Thank you. The White House oh. prophecy. I'm reading from the Book of Knowledge. The White House? The White Horse. Sorry. The oh. White Horse prophecy is a statement purported to have been made in 1814 by Joseph Smith, Jr., the founder of the Latter-day Saint movement, regarding the future of the Latter-day Saints, which are the, uh, the OG Mormons, the original, uh, and the United States of America. The Latter-day Saints, according to the prophecy, would go to the Rocky Mountains and be a great and mighty people. And here it comes. Uh, he identified that the white horse described in the Revelation of John, the prophecy predicts that the United States Constitution will one day hang like a thread and will be saved by the efforts of the white horse in the White House. That would be an LDS, i.e. a Mormon, in the White House. And uh, you cannot well, it deny... Doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's going to be this Mormon. <laughs> you cannot deny that uh, the coincidence is quite great. Well, Romney is Greek for white horse. Oh, really? Is that is that true? No, no. I'm just I just made that up. <laughs> mm. It's a funny idea, though. You could throw that into a conversation, I'm sure, and get some attention. <laughs> so, uh, well, let me think. I, I'm listening to Romney at the. Uh, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm listening to Romney right now in my head uh, when he was in the debates. And he was debating Ron Paul and some of the others that were there. It was on the early debates where he defended the use of torture, thinking it was a great idea. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing about torture in the Constitution. 
And uh, so I would think <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment would be in there. I don't think and, I, which seems like torture is that if you ask hey me. Man, although, hey man, come on, you know we already we already discussed this. Waterboarding is not torture; it's enhanced interrogation so, technique. So he's all for this, um, <laughs> and so I'm thinking, man, this guy probably ain't the white horse. <laughs> I think someone messed up, and it should have been Huntsman. That's probably what happened. Huntsman would be the he, he makes more sense as a white horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then maybe the Constitution. And he actually has a better background as LDS than I think Romney does. I think he Huntsman will. Yeah, Huntsman would have been good. And, you know, Huntsman would have been a good vice presidential candidate. But unfortunately, you can see the problem there. Uh, yeah. I brought yeah. another Mormon in. Looks yeah. like there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Screw them. Well, I, th- I, th- I think actually that in the overall conversation, the mainstream media, the actual LDS conversation hasn't really been covered. No one's really talking about what Latter-day Saints are, what they stand for. I also found out a lot about the database. I, I understand the database now. The big database they got? Yeah, what about it? Everybody's in? So yeah, what the, about it? Okay, so the reason why they have the database is um, to track, uh, obviously, uh, ancestry and lineage, because if you're LDS, uh, marriage is for eternity. So it's forever and ever and ever. And the idea is... You know that whole baptism thing that, that you brought up, how you can be baptized yeah, I brought after this you? Up before years ago. Right. No, it wasn't. It was just a year ago, I think. But the yeah, whole. It seems like years. Yeah, you can baptize. What they baptize? What they baptize Hitler? Baptize the dead, yes. Yeah, baptize the dead. And so they can keep track of you for these baptisms and uh, to make sure everybody, everybody eventually yeah. is on board with the program. Didn't we, didn't we discuss this or you weren't paying attention? I didn't know that that's what the database was for, though. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Kevin, who was there, who was LDS, it sounds like it, like you have Asperger's or something like that. Hey, man, I'm LDS. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you, are you taking medication for that? Uh, he said that his uh, one of his wishes in life is to baptize me. Yeah. Tell him <laughs> to just do it right now. That's what I said. Grab him now and do it. <laughs> I said, get the, get the holy water Throw on me. Throw him in the drink. <laughs> Throw him in the drink. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that was great. Uh, <laughs> it was who was it now? It was some Jewish guy that was I forgot what it was. They were some they baptized some famous Jewish guy. It was a bit, there was a big fuss about this. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of the stories we covered. It's water under the bridge, considering what's going on now. Yes, that is true. That is in, there's a. I was kind of surprised uh, by two things. A, how much uh, I was able to get done on the 4G connection here because there's no Wi-Fi to speak of. Uh, and and just how much is, is actually going on that we are aware of. I mean, by the way, did you watch the closing ceremony of the Olympics? I was kind of counting on you to do that. No, uh, I didn't even know when it was. And uh, I, they did, I missed it. But I was only it was short. I understood there wasn't anything to it. Except they kind of premiered the Rio bullcrap. I thought they had... Uh, uh, they were like hug. They had like the the mascots or some pedo bear hugging all the athletes as they got on. There was the a plane. pedo bear hugging all the athletes. That's what I heard. Oh, I missed it. One of the theories at the Salt Lake City meetup was um, the zombie virus was given to each one of the Olympic athletes, and so now they're all going back to their own countries and propagating their formula. <laughs> zombie virus. <laughs> yeah, that's a reasonable thesis. I'm glad these meetups are so productive. <laughs> you're just jealous you're not there, that we only have your head on a stick. 
No, well, it's which get which people dirty. do want to buy? Apparently, this is a, a premium item that uh, we're looking at. Yeah, well, at let's here. get a head that's actually the right size and it needs the top on it. You got me, but you look like I'm wearing a flat top haircut from 1956. Well, you're a little frayed around the edges. <laughs> from, now, from the think. overuse, people licking you, people holding uh, you up against the crotch. It's a, no wonder I feel wet at night. <laughs> hey In the morning. <laughs> All right. So we, um, we did have one um, executive producer with the uh, the meetup donation, so I think we should thank right off the bat. Well, okay. Well, we do have one on the spreadsheet too. So. Yeah. Well, luckily because uh, yeah, I was looking at the spreadsheet. Didn't no, look too good. This is a very very the low. Worst. Worst, uh, yeah, this is one of the yeah. worst uh, donation weeks uh, we've had for probably uh, a year. Yeah. Well, there you go. What a great idea, this Hot Pockets tour. It's really helping with the with the participation. So, uh, uh, Justin, uh, Jack Mormon Justin, Justin Hill from Provo, Utah, uh, donated $333.33 and had a note accompanying his donation Hey, Adam and John. I've been a listener since I heard Adam on the Adam Carolla show three years ago. I couldn't believe there was a guy on this show talking about how our country is broke and Michael Jackson might have been murdered. Also, how his podcast is listener-supported. I fell in love with the No Agenda show after my first listen. I need a quick deduction because I haven't donated since episode 333. Since I need to get my knighthood by the end of this year, I'm donating $333.33 here at the meetup. I've been propagating the formula every chance I get by making friends, families, and, and employees listen to the shows while in my truck. Two years ago, I punched Justin Peck in the mouth. He was our host. And now here we are at his house. I need to call Eric the Bucket Filler McGinnis out as a douchebag. I punched him in the mouth two years ago, and he still hasn't donated. I need a hot MILF call out from my wife, Ashley. Uh, who is about to have our third human resource any second now. In fact, uh, as due today. I would like to get a little kid, shut up, slave, followed by a two to the head. Love the show and all that you guys do. So a uh, little kid, shut up, two to the head, and a MILF. So let's do the... Uh... MILF? That's one, mother. I'd like to... Shut up, slave. You've got karma. So thank you very much, J.R. Hill. Executive producer of episode uh, 435 of the No Agenda Show, also known as the best podcast in the universe. And Sir Eponymous in Beechmere, Queensland, probably pronounced some other way, 269. Uh, please call me Eponymous in the morning. And congratulations, Adam and Mickey. What a show you turned in for my first donation, 428. What a great EP credit for my resume. I just had to throw in a few more shekels while the money lasts to keep the best podcast in any universe going. Could I get a two to the head, two to the head, hey, citizen, karma combo for myself and all listeners so we can keep donations coming? Yeah, so, well, let's, let's hope it helps. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. There's a dead citizen by the road. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. I would like people to go to Dvorak.org slash NHL, Dvorak.com slash NH, NoAgendaShow.com, NoAgendaNation.com, and click on the donation button. We uh, have to do a little better. Uh, hopefully we will on Sunday. The But again, you know, not to make excuses for the listeners, but I think a lot of them aren't listening. They're... Uh, August. <laughs> this like is the, the French. Only, this is the only show where we apologize that no one's listening. How does that yeah, work? Yeah, well, they're not. <laughs> 
Hi, welcome to the program. We apologize. You're the only person in the world listening. And by the, the way, yes. Dvorak.org/na. And a special thanks to uh, Martin JJ for uh, last episode's art on episode four three four, the Palindrome Show. Uh, we highly appreciate all the art that all of our uh, uh, artists hand in. No agenda, artgenerator.com. Of course, if you were not able to donate, but you are listening, then you could always try this, which is, uh, you know, propagating the formula, perhaps. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. <laughs> Order. Come on, kid, do it again. Shut up, slave. Hey. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, slave. <laughs> Triple play. Hey, you're, 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 you're rapping it. <laughs> Triple play. You're like DJing it. Hey, everybody. How you doing? DJ AC on, on the turntables here. The wheels of steel. I did have another thought. And this may sound crazy. Um, but I've been investigating uh, being a write-in candidate. For the okay. general election, yeah, and uh, it's uh, very possible. Turns out, it's not hard at all. In fact, you are by law <clears throat> in many states allowed to print stickers, so people won't uh, uh, write down the wrong name, and they just put the sticker into the slot so that you're guaranteed of being counted. And uh, if you look at history, a lot of uh, very well-known presidents have become president. Uh, by being written in, now, I was kind well, of well. The surprised. senator from Alaska was a write-in candidate. Well, let me uh, the let woman me, I can't remember her name. Well, let me uh, give you the list. Herbert Hoover won the well. This is uh, primaries. He won the Massachusetts presidential primary on write-ins. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt won the New Jersey presidential primary. Let's see if anyone actually won president. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but it can be done. And, and well, I mean, the senator from Alaska, that woman who you can look up a senator from Alaska, uh. yeah, she was rousted by the Tea Party uh, under some scambola. They, Lisa they railroaded Mur- Lisa Murkowski. Yeah, Murkowski. She was railroaded out of her out of the office essentially as the Republican nominee and they brand some douchebag literally yeah. and uh, against the Democrat and she made a big fuss about it because she was she's a very well liked senator in Alaska by both parties and so she said she made, they made a massive uh, uh, write-in campaign and ended up uh, putting her back in and even though they had to sue because some people were spelling her name wrong because she's got a long right. a name that could right. spell with an I right. or a Y. Right. Right. And uh, it was, it was I think, a, a black eye to the Republican Party along. There's been a number of these that have been uh, uh, kind of these scams, these people, they, they pulled, there's one that was in there, I'm trying to think of what it was, it was a couple of years ago up in the, up in the, um, well, the, the, but here, here, here's what I was thinking, here's, here's the reason why I was thinking it's worth a try. First of all, I think we're pretty well, wait, sure. Wait, wait, let's back, 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 back. What's worth a try? Being written in for what? Where? In the general election. You can you write. be running for what? President? Yes. And well, I'm, you know, we've already discussed that I would be president, you'd be vice president. 
Okay. Now, now, bear with me for a second. The reason why this is prime. Now, we know that neither the Republicans or the Democrats want to win, right? <laughs> Come on. Now, you can't back go backpedal okay, on the well, theory. Let's do it. Okay. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all, all over it already. Okay. So neither the Democrats or Republicans want to win. Uh, now, we have a, a prime situation where I believe the turnout for the vote is going to be at an all-time low. People don't care. But, you know, on the other hand, where these debates happen on CNN and uh, MSNBC, and they'll have a couple of, uh, one or two of them on the big networks, but not a lot, not as many people are watching. We, you know, we are the best podcast in the universe. We have some people listening. Um, we have at least one person every single state who can go and fill out the paperwork. In some cases, you only have to register your paperwork one day before the general election. So most of it's in September uh, or October. So that's totally possible. But think about the beauty of it now, where the president has has now signed into law that there's shown you know a change in the Constitution, an actual constitutional change, that you, there will no longer be senatorial hearings and affirmation hearings uh, for uh, the president's cabinet. So I'm thinking, what an opportunity. So we just go, we're like, hey, you know, hey, Republicans and Democrats, you don't, uh, don't want to win. Let us win. And then we bring in, like, the, the we, you know, we have uh, Ron Paul as our um, uh, Secretary of the Treasury. We bring in Judge Napolitano to run justice. Can you imagine how awesome our cabinet would be? Whatever happened to Judge Napolitano? Talk about a guy who's been railroaded. But that's what I mean. But, you know, it'll be perfect. And then we promise a couple things. One is we won't actually live in the White House. We're going to build a, a container structure on the lawn where you and I shall live. And uh, and, we, and we do most of our, uh, you know, we just do a podcast. We've already discussed that part. You know that's how we how we run policy and just everything that is unconstitutional we just veto. Yeah, just exactly like Caesar Chavez or not Caesar Chavez but the other <laughs> Chavez in Venezuela and his Caesar's podcast. palace. Caesar's palace. <laughs> All right. Well, just I think you should keep going ahead with this scheme. Well, if hey, listen, would you you will be my vice president, won't you? Yeah, why not? I Come can on. use the money. <laughs> really? The health benefits are worth it alone. Can you imagine how? And oh, and by the way. I, I commit. We will uh, cut back on staff. I shall fly uh, Air Force One myself, and uh, and uh, the helicopter. So we don't need anyone for that. And there's a whole bunch of good things we could do. I mean, make the White House the people's house. You know, it's just a, it's a rave, nonstop rave. Everyone can come in, just rave. And we're living in the containers on the lawn. And it's just, it's very simple. Sounds it's, like the future of the country, if you ask me. <laughs> Vote for the No Agenda Party, all constitution, no agenda. Curry Dvorak, 2012. Write us in. And just help me with one thing. Who would be Secretary of State? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> she is just good. Just for the yucks. She is good, isn't she? <laughs> all She's right. running things anyway. I'm just saying. I think I think is a valid shot right now. This is this could be our year because no one wants to run it. Well, it's looking more and more like that as time goes by. Anyway, if you guys want to start a writing campaign, uh, we will of course uh, uh, support that. Oh yeah, uh, here it is, Bobby Eden for Secretary of State. I don't know. She has enough experience. Whoa. <laughs> 
<laughs> in the morning. Right. And we'll bring in uh, Leo Laporte as the CIO. This would be a great cabinet. How about defense? Who would run defense for us? Gotta get someone. Oh, good. let me think. Who would be good? I mean, there's a million gags here that I can't think of any offhand because you caught me off guard. <laughs> but I'm kind of serious. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Sure you are. Ted Nugent. <laughs> oh, Ted Nugent's perfect. Good catch. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Bruce Schneider, Schneider no, no, for no, NSA. Ted Nugent. I mean, come Ted on. Ted Nugent, yeah. Perfect. Ted the Nuge. Boy, we'd have no problems. <laughs> All right, then. So, uh... Maybe uh, while we're on the presidential tip, we should listen to uh, our president, our current president, the one who does, whose party does not want him to win. Um, he was in Iowa, and he gave us, once again, I'm always very happy to hear this, he gave us the definition of the American dream. And uh, I would like to just uh, corroborate this that. It's going to be good. Because, of course, the <laughs> Republican Party... Uh, obviously want the same thing and believe that is the dream as well. Otherwise, they would refute this time and time again. So yeah, they have refused to... Re yes, this is... Uh, but the, let's stop everybody uh, right now and, and mention this. We have caught this meme early on, oh, probably two years ago, and we've ridden it into the ground, and we know for a fact this is the perfect... the perfect handle for the Republican Party to latch on to, and they refuse to because, and I believe you're probably right, they think the same way. So let me read from the Book of Knowledge, the American dream is a national ethos of the United States, a set of ideals in which freedom includes the opportunity for prosperity and success, and an upward social mobility achieved through hard work. In the definition of the American dream by James Trustlow Adams in 1931, quote, life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement, regardless of social class or circumstances of birth. The idea of the American dream is rooted in the United States Declaration of Independence, which proclaims that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Does that sound like the American dream to you, John C. Dvorak? It's closer than anything else I've heard. That we needed to restore the basic bargain. First of all, it's a bargain now. <laughs> it's no longer a dream. It's a bargain? It's what a bargain. We what are we in somewhere in the, some shopping mall in the Middle East? Hey, 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 Mustafa has a bargain for you. Come on over. It made this country great. The basic deal that created the greatest middle class. It's a deal now. And the most prosperous economy the world has ever known. Never known. And it's a simple bargain. It says, if you work hard, your work should be rewarded. <laughs> if you act responsibly, and you put in enough effort, you should be able to find a job that pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> a job that pays the bills, yes. Have a home you can call your own. Count on health care when you get sick. Wow. Wow, that's a new one. Put away enough to retire with dignity and respect. Ah, yeah, it's the just getting by meme, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And most of all, give your kids an education that allows them to dream even bigger than you did and, and do even better than you did. That's the American promise. <laughs> that's the American dream. I'm sorry. I have to respectfully disagree, Mr. President. 
That is not the American dream. That is not the promise. So, the, so to summarize, the American dream, according to this guy, is that uh, you work hard, uh, you get a job, and you get paid enough to pay the bills, and, and you have kids that, that pretty much maybe think outside the box a little bit more than you did, but they probably they can, do the they can same go into thing. Debt. They can go into debt by going to some phony baloney school. That's kind of the yeah, American right. They go into debt uh, by yeah, because the government has made it so you can't really go to school anymore without going into debt. Right now, this of course was scripted for him, uh, which is uh, which means that it is the uh, uh, the uh, messaging of his partay. And just to prove that it's scripted, let's uh, listen to it. We always love a little flub in the script. It's always funny to listen to. Some workers lost their jobs. They went back to community college, got retrained, and now got a new job. Small businesses kept their doors open by hook or by crook. Uh, by the way, what does that mean? Some business, by hook or by crook? Which means they were dishonorable? They, they, were, they were doing something illegal is They what were that cheating means. by hook or by crook? They were cheating? They were cheating. <laughs> I actually looked up the etymology of by hook or by crook. Um, let's see. Uh, the earliest back to shipbuilding days or something like that? Uh, 14th century, John Gower's Confederate. Confession, confessio amantis, with the hep, which means hook, and what with crook, they, by false witness and perjury, make her meister. In other words, yeah, by stealing and by lying. That's how they did it. Of course, that's how we have to do it. Yeah, with all these government regulations. And, and so slowly, we've seen four and a half million new jobs created, half a million new manufacturing jobs, the most since the Great Depression, uh, most since the 1990s. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what an idiot. The most since the Great Depression. How do you make that mistake? It's not on the script. It's nothing you could flub. That's not a flub. He's on, he's on auto. He's on auto. auto that's something in mode. your mind. Of course, because that's all he's been saying. You know, it's like the worst depression since the worst economic downfall since the Great Depression, the Great Depression. And then it's like we created more jobs since the, the Great Depression. <laughs> That's about what you did just during the Great Depression. Very good. <laughs> oh, douche. Wow. So anyway, so I think that uh, and by the way. When we go, um, when we do our media as president and vice president, we're going to be playing these clips. We're going to go on uh, TV shows. Let me just play a little clip for you. And we'll play these clips. We won't let the media decide what we're going to do. We're going to do that. We'll just do our podcast. That's that's the way it, wor it works. Well, I'm very disappointed in the media. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Newsflash. John's disappointed in the media, everybody. And this just in, John C. Dvorak, disappointed in media. Film at 11. Yeah. Anyway, it's depressing. So I guess they tried to bust down the doors. That are, you had any more, any more travel news? Uh, besides that we're going to Ure, Colorado. You, uh, you got, you're going to be in Albuquerque on Saturday night, I understand. Yeah, we got the big meetup meet in, Al, in Albuquerque, yes. Yeah. By the way, there's a lot of people that show up at these meetups, and they all pose for these photos. Yes, and uh, it's it's quite fun, and we all talk, and we listen, and we eat, and we drink, and we are all merry. Is everyone married? <laughs> no, certainly not. 
Huh. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Statham uh, in uh, in Leighton. I think he's a very eligible bachelor. Ooh. Yeah. 43, got a good gig, not on Facebook. <laughs> he's got an arsenal. So why don't you explain what a Jack Mormon is? You said it. You used the word. A Jack Mormon? You said Jack Mormon. No, that was uh, in the letter from uh, J.R. Hill. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Jack Mormon means. He's a guy who's, who's not really in the church anymore, but he doesn't have any bitches about that. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Last member. Yeah. Uh, uh, formerly known as LDS. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm waiting for you to tell me how disappointed you are in the media and for me to uh, listen. Well, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching this thing, uh, you know, I'm watching online, I'm watching the, you know, they're going to bust into the Ecuadorian embassy apparently last night. Yeah, you even sent, you sent me a rare text message saying, uh, oh, they're going to, the, the Brits. They're, gonna... Yeah, they're surrounding the place and they had a bunch of, and then they decided, I guess, against it. Or, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but they had the place around and then the Occupy London people came in and it was all being streamed online. And so I said, well, let's go to CNN because CNN likes to get right down there, you know, and they're going to be have live cameras. And there wasn't one even a mention of this thing, except on a couple of four news broadcasts mm -hmm. that this was going on. I mean, it could have been uh, an international incident in the making, but they weren't even interested in covering it. So, so and this, these streams were much better than the crap that they're bringing in from Syria. Yeah, the stream actually didn't work when I when I tried to look yeah, at it, so it, I couldn't it see any of it. got too many people watching. It crapped yeah. out. I of course, of course, of course. So uh, what do you make of this? I have uh, I have some thoughts. All right, give us your thoughts. No, I no, I want to know what you think. I mean, it, it, clearly it makes no sense that the British government finds it so important to extradite Julia Assange, Julia, <laughs> Julia Assange. Yeah, Julia, I think <laughs> it's good. Julia, Julia Assange. Julia Assange, for, for, they don't even have char formal charges never have it never even been filed. Their excuse for getting him was that he now jumped bail, so now he's a, he's a, a wanted fruit fugitive. And uh, this was going right. to be bad. But, they did but essentially he has political asylum in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy. And I, so I'm thinking it can be one only one of two things. The first uh, rabbit hole I went down is what's up with Ecuador. Now, besides the fact that no one really likes Ecuador, particularly because uh, they're taking a lot of China money these days, uh, China is uh, investing a lot, I, uh, I looked around. I was actually helped by uh, um, James DeBurka. James Burka, I think, uh, one of our producers in the U.K., so, if you were to, what what other reason could there be to go in and say, oh, we've got to get Julian Assange, because he has political asylum in the embassy? What if it turned out that maybe there was someone else who was in the embassy that they were really after? Well, and, that's a good theory. And they were just using Assange. Well, it turns out this woman, Andrea Davidson, um, who was an intelligence in advisor to the Trade and Industry Select Committee on Arms in Iraq and also gave evidence to the initial uh, Scott uh, inquiry. This is about the weapons of mass destruction. Now, what happened to the other guy who, I think his name was Dr. David Kelly. I think you have a sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. He uh, slit his wrist with a potato knife and bled to death in a tent in uh, in the field. Yeah, in the in the in the woods by in himself because he was depressed. So, so she was supposed to uh, testify at this most recent um, uh, tribunal, the one where Blair was at and everything, and uh, she didn't show up. In fact, uh, her house was raided, 
And she apparently had tons of documents and all kinds of proof that not only was there uh, no weapons of mass destruction, but uh, that the U.K. was actually involved in a lot of real dirty dealing with supplying weapons to Saddam Hussein, including uh, nuclear and biological weapons. And so it, it appears that she took refuge in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy, and that that's what they're really after. They need to shut her up, but they're playing it under the guise of we need Julia Assange. How about this for an idea? Julia Assange <laughs> is actually an agent for one of the uh, maybe MI6 or someone, and he went specifically to hide oh. in the Ecuadorian embassy to create this 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 kind of brouhaha. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Because, well, he's certainly is the CIA Ecuador? asset. Yeah. Why Ecuador? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you could choose so many. That's a good one. So that expands on it. That makes a lot of sense. So maybe he was also there to try and get some info, but essentially, you know, sit tight. He also did an interview with the... the he may the, have actually been there to assassinate her. <laughs> but he forgot his knife. <laughs> he forgot his dangerous penis. The potato knife. <laughs> he forgot... Damn, I forgot the potato knife. It worked so well on David Kelly. So I think we keep our eyes on that. This, uh, this woman, uh, Andrea Davidson... Uh, not a lot of information. She actually did sue Google. I have some documents on that uh, because uh, someone had posted a lot of her documents on a blogger blog, which I have a couple of screenshots from as well. And she wanted to get those off because she was a uh, feared for her life. And she tried to sue uh, Google to make that happen. And of course, th at that point, Google's like, no, this is all good. We can keep all this. We shouldn't be throwing that off. So she does apparently exist, and she was supposed to be the star witness at the uh, Chilcot inquiry. That's the Iraq inquiry, but was never called, uh, despite the fact that she did, did, give, did give evidence at the previous um, uh, Iraq inquiry in Gitmo Well, something's fishy about this action that took place last night, so they didn't really storm the place or anything. Right, right. I think they either planted something, or they put some cameras up, or they... It was a it was a misdirection. So let's make a big scene over here by the front door, and we'll sneak up this pole and stick a camera up here, and we'll be spying on the. I mean, I think there's something going on that because there was lots, lots, lots of of people, lots of action until I think three in the morning, Don't when the Occupy people came into bitch. Yeah, and Don't I, look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. And then they arrest. Of course, none of this was covered. None of this was covered at all. Well, that's the, the that's that's media. the part that's that's a little unfortunate. Uh, because, you know, if if they're there to make a big stink to arrest Julia, then you'd think they would cover that. But we'll see. I mean, maybe they got caught off guard. Maybe they didn't know what's going on. Maybe they'll start covering it today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. They had the super lotto millionaire. I know they oh, covered that. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> they got that guy. <laughs> the guy, the, the super millionaire, he won, I think, almost $200 million or yeah. 140 million euros or something. Yeah. And he... Uh, and he says, you know, he said, here's what kills me about these guys. They win this huge amount of money. So, you know, we're not going to change our lifestyle. We're going to keep the store open. You know, of course, it's inviting all kinds of, you know, kidnappers and whatever. We're going to, we're, nothing is going to change. So I'm thinking, hey, wait a minute. Why did you even enter 
the lottery in the first place for? If you're not going to change, don't you enter this thing so you can make a bunch of money and, and, and tell everyone to screw themselves and leave? I mean, it makes no sense to me that you'd enter and then you win and you say, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to win. I, or what? I mean, they said, what, what's wrong with can you explain that to me? Well, I had a dream uh, two nights ago. Well, they just want to throw money away, and they never really hope to win. I had a dream two nights ago, which is along these lines, and, and maybe we can answer this together. <clears throat> so, strangely enough, I had a dream where someone had left in their will $10 million to the No Agenda show. And, uh, I, and I recall in this dream you and I having a conversation like, yeah, screw it. Screw that show. <laughs> Let's take the money and run. <laughs> the show. Yeah. <laughs> but then we decided to do it anyway. So now we'll just continue to do it. We might get another $10 million. It was a good dream. It was really nice. I was like, ah, oh, the pressure's off. You know, it was really nice. No, I think part of the charm of the show is like that we have no money. Get... <laughs> well, we are. Yeah, we have. They were broke. Well, remember, <laughs> our bargain here is the American promise. We are living the American dream of just getting by, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we are called the best podcast in the universe. So, unless you got something pressing, I have a few uh, items I'd like to uh, kind of get to. Well, let me see if there's anything important. I mean, I do have some items. I get quite yeah, a few. Yeah, roll, roll with me. Roll with you, baby. I, you, you have totally different stuff than from what I have, so that's good. Well, then I can run mine. Go run yours, and I'll, I'll come up with some no, stuff as we go along. I wanted, I wanted, I'd like to – you don't think I have a lot of filler that I can <laughs> yeah. – Oh, it's all filler. I got it. Okay. No, no. I mean, when you have something, I say, I got a topper. Oh. Well, why don't you top me now, big boy? Well, play the MIG pilot, Sean. It's my favorite. Oh, <laughs> you know, apparently, you know, they shot down a MIG somehow in Syria, right? Yeah, in Syria. In fact, I have two clips on this. One is the uh, guy analyzing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, MIG pilot down is another one. Look for the other one. Syri- uh, Syrians bring down MIG. Syrians bring down MIG. Play that first. And this is the, the analysis, which says they couldn't have brought him down with a machine gun like they claim. <laughs> Huge propaganda. We showed the footage to an expert, a former British Army intelligence officer. Ooh, expert. For a fixed wing aircraft to be shot down with the type of capability that we understood was available, uh, that this is, it is significant. There's some degree of training gone play, been in place, and indeed the armament that would be used to bring down this type of aircraft um, would indicate a serious step up from the light weapons that we've seen previously in the Syrian conflict. Yeah, I agree. It seems highly unlikely that an AK-47-like weapon is going to uh, bring down an aircraft. Is that what they were shooting at it with? Because I didn't see any yeah, video. yeah. And they and were so shooting at it with brought, an AK. <laughs> yeah, so they going, brought the guy down. So they have the pilot. They captured the pilot. And I just love the way they present this on, I think this is the BBC. Or, no, actually, it was one of the other services, maybe Euro News, whatever. It was like they're very they're very skeptical about this guy, this old man who was piloting the plane. Syrian rebels are taking maximum advantage in the constant propaganda war. They've released this video purporting to show the captured pilot, a colonel, though he appears rather old for a fighter pilot, and there is no sign of a flying suit. <laughs> he's got no flying suit. The guy looks like he's 60, and he's got a, a, a beard. Can you, can no, no, you put one of those masks hold on, on with a, a second. beard? Hold on a second. It is You cannot have a beard or a mustache uh, if you are flying um, supersonic, if you are highly pressurized with uh, oxygen, because it can actually light your mustache or beard on fire. Yeah. You cannot have that as a fighter pilot. To, but to the best of my knowledge, 
Oxygen yeah, no, I can was, I was under ignite. the pressure you can't, you can't get a good seal anyway with the mask. Uh, possibly, but I, I know that uh, I know guys who have had mustaches and the, and the, and they've had <laughs> they had to ignite because of the oxygen. <laughs> it's uh, it's not it's bull crap. It's total bullcrap. Bull and the crap. guy's old, and he has no flight suit. It's he was just crap. casually driving the thing, I guess. Bullcrap. All right, well, then let's stay on Syria, because I figured it out, John. I figured it out. Yep, I figured out Syria. Okay, good. It's about time, because I haven't figured it out. All right, it's about, well. So uh, two clips helped help lead me down the path. The first one uh, was uh, Panetta, uh, Pete Panetta who was our Secretary of Defense, soon to be followed by Ted Nugent when Dvorak Curry 2012 kicks in. And he's talking about Syria. And, of course, he's got to propagate. You know, there were 48 uh, Iranian Iranian guys who were arrested. So he answers that with some uh, chilling, chilling testimony. Okay, on Syria, uh, we've got word now. This is the Pentagon briefing, by the way. I was able to catch all these on the on the replays on the web. Now that uh, many of the 48 Iranian men who were captured. Uh, See, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he's saying Iranian. So he's already, you know, it's already a stupid question. Earlier this month by the Free Syrian Army in Damascus are, in fact, IRGC members. Um, what information do you have about this? How, uh, what were they doing there? How deep does Iranian involvement run in this conflict? Well, you know, uh, without having specific information that, that uh, the individuals involved in, uh, in this particular situation, it is obvious to both uh, General Dempsey and I that uh, uh, Iran is playing uh, a larger role uh-huh. In Syria, okay. In many ways, not only in terms of uh, the IRGC, uh, but in terms that's the Iranian Royal Guard, I guess. Uh, IRGC, Iranian Royal Guard, Ira- Ir- Iranian, Iranian, Iranian Royal Guard Corps, something like that. In terms of assistance, training, uh, there's now uh, in- indication that they're trying to develop or trying to train a militia. Uh, within uh, Syria uh, to be able to uh, fight on behalf of the uh, regime. Uh, So uh, we are seeing uh, a growing presence by Iran, and that is... uh, Notice how he says it, right? Iran. ...of deep concern to us that uh, that's taking place. Deep concern. Uh, And, uh, you know, we we do not think that, uh, uh, that Iran ought to be playing that role uh, at this moment in time. Oh, I thought that was interesting. It's not time for them to do this. Don't play that role. Yeah, the script is not you're ready. Not up They're not ready. You're, you're not, not ready. Up. Yeah, you're not up yet. This is not your time to play your role. Uh, that it's dangerous, that it's adding to the killing. You could get hurt playing it. <laughs> you could get hurt if you skip ahead in the script, Iran. That's going on in Syria, and that uh, it tries to bolster a regime that we think uh, ultimately is going to come down. Okay. Uh, but all it's going to wind up doing, frankly, is to prolong the misery of the Syrian people. So, misery. Uh, I guess uh, our, our hope is that uh, is that Iran thinks uh, better uh, about uh, how much they do want to get involved. But in any event, uh, we've got to make sure that Iran does not exercise that kind of influence in Syria uh, and uh, try to determine the future. 
of the Syrians, Syrian people. The Syrian people ought to determine their future, not Iran. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. First of all, uh, and this is kind of a backgrounder, and it'll become uh, important later on when I unfold what has happened. So Iran uh, is obviously important, uh, but they shouldn't be playing their role right now. And I believe that Panetta and Lucifer, Klippity-Klopp, are all sincere when they say that Syria should be running their own show. And that they should have, you know, their own uh, uh, democratically elected uh, leaders. Of course, they will be the right kind of democratically elected leaders, but that, that's obvious. So that's just a little backgrounder. Then we have Victoria Newland. Uh, she is the shill who speaks on behalf of the State Department. And by the way, uh, when we're in the White House, we're not going to have some spokes hole. We're going to go up there and we're just going to talk. We're going to answer the press. We're not going to have some spokes hole there every single day. We're, we're going to do it. So Matt, our buddy Matt, the guy who uh, has been placed uh, in the school benches at the State Department, who uh, gets no credit, he hears her say something and comes back to it. So first, I've edited this together. First, you hear her saying something very interesting about Syria, and then he catches her. And, of course, this is audio, so you can't see her face, but uh, she's very unhappy with what he's, uh, what he's caught and what he's grilling her on. With the country in being destroyed fast and furious in a way, or rapidly, uh, during your deliberations with other countries, uh, would it be a good idea, let's say, to have something akin to the Marshall Plan? So this is another journalist asking about Syria, you know, or what are we doing? We're only sending him water and blankets. We're not sending him any guns. Should we put some kind of plan in place? What should we be doing? For the day after, because everybody talks about the day after. Is that something that you can already discuss, or you have discussed with the rich oil countries in the Gulf? Uh, you know, Syria is, is not Iraq. It doesn't have that great, vast uh, natural wealth. And depending upon how long this goes on, we are already seeing a lot of the uh, economic underpinnings of uh, Syria's prosperity at risk from this fighting. So there's going to have to be a serious rebuilding job that will be Syrian-led, obviously, but the international community has to be ready to support. So we're beginning to think about those things. So uh, when I heard that, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Syria ain't worth anything. That's the, that's, the, that's the takeaway I got from it. It's like, well, you know, they got no oil. They got no gas. It's not really worth our trouble to do anything. Matt picks up on this. Matt? So I was intrigued by your statement of fact a few minutes ago where you said Syria is not Iraq. It doesn't have the great natural wealth that Iraq does. I presume you're talking about oil, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it has some natural wealth, but it's not yeah. swimming in an that ability that's to... that's one of the reasons why you're not inter- doing anything to intervene? <laughs> because uh, Syria doesn't have the amount of oil that either Iraq or Libya had? There, there are no connections between these so two you, things. Anyone this that is, would, any, our, you our, yourself brought up the distinction. I just want to make sure that, that's not, that, that, that oil is not the reason that you're not doing anything <clears throat> militarily to help the Syrian people. My point with regard to Iraq was that Syria is a country that in the rebuilding phase is likely to want, need, and request significant international economic support because right. it doesn't have the same... Uh, kind of uh, natural benefit that some of the Sorry, other... from your experience, Iraq didn't need any help? Rebuilding? No, of course they did, but they oh. didn't need... Um, they mostly took loans. They mostly took technical oh, support. They really? didn't take uh, straight-out assistance in the same way. Um, so 
you know. So you're not intending to suggest that, in, that, that, that going in military, militarily intervening in a country with oil is in the U.S. interest, but not intervening in a country that doesn't have oil isn't in the U.S. There interest. Is no That's not what you mean. There is no connection between those two things. Our decisions <laughs> about how to support the opposition are based on the litmus test that the Secretary has put out very clearly in Istanbul and which we've been saying all along. We want to ensure that what we do to support the opposition actually hastens the day rather than increasing the suffering. Please. Please. Please shut up, Matt. Ixnay on the oil skay, dude. So he nails it. He nails it that we are not, and she, of course, backpedals and says all kinds of bull crap, but, you know, she didn't say, <laughs> uh, oh, well, Syria can take out loans. No, because they have no collateral. Iraq had the collateral. And of course, that's all economic hitman stuff, anyway, because yeah, it, totally. it's just you know that the loans are just going straight into uh, Western companies. So I'm like, okay, what is so important about Syria that they have to make all this brouhaha? Yet they're not going. And and here's a prediction: there will be no no fly zone. There will be no boots on the ground. We are not going to go in there. The only thing that has to happen is we have to have the right Kurds running the show. So here's where we move over to uh, the Kurds in northern Iraq, who are, uh, well, you know, right now we have Turkey. Uh, is it Kim Iraq or Iraq? No, Ir Iraq, sorry. Iraq. Uh, they are uh, killing the Kurds, the, wrong, the, the Kurds who are uh, not on board with the program. So I think you and I uh, discussed that, Assad ha must have done something wrong in order for all of this to happen. He, we had, he had to do something that really screwed it up, and he did. But it wasn't against the United States of, of America, Gitmo Nation states, directly. It was against their longtime ally, Turkey. So Turkey, of course, at the moment, is in the hotbird seat. They are the pass-through country for all oil and natural gas pipelines uh, into Europe. Europe, okay, of course, well, is the market. I want to interrupt you with a clip. Oh, please. FSA, which is the Free Syrian Army, in a nutshell, who's financing them? And the West no longer seems to have faith in the political opposition, so they're now braced for a military solution, the outcome of street-by-street -street fighting between the regime and rebel fighters. But in Syria, there are scores of different groups, some unconnected. Some rebels apparently fighting for democracy, others jihadists mostly under the banner of the Free Syrian Army, the FSA, which owes loyalty to those paying and arming them from Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey. Bing, bing, bing. Exactly. So Turkey, of course, is the proxy for this. But Turkey and, uh, uh, and Syria were bestest buddies. They were really good. And we, we know some of this because we've discussed this on our Pipeline episode. But they were the bestest buddies because, of course, we have the... Um, uh, the Arab gas pipeline coming up from uh, Libya, Egypt, all the routing around Israel, going up into Turkey. So that was part one. But Syria is actually the crossroads of energy because they have pipelines coming in, known as the Islamic pipeline, the IPC, uh, from Iraq. But one year ago, two months before the Arab Spring in Syria... Assad signed a deal, and this is this is the key part. He signed a deal, a ten billion dollar natural gas pipeline deal, with Iran and Iraq. 
And instead of routing this, so we have the one going from south to north, that's the uh, the uh, Arab gas pipeline, and then the one coming in from east to west, uh, which uh, which Turkey was okay with because they they wanted to uh, connect those points in uh, in places like Homs and Aleppo. So it, it it comes in from the bottom, comes in from the right, it connects, and it all goes up into Turkey into uh, into Europe. But Assad then decided with this ten billion dollar deal that this pipeline wasn't going to go up; it was going to continue going to the left, to the west, right into Tartus, and they were going to pipe it up through uh, Cyprus or whatever else they wanted to do. They were going and they were routing around Turkey. So after this deal is announced, and this thing is to be completed uh, by 2015, so it's you know it's already being built. And of course, who owns Tartus? Who owns the port there? That would be the Russians. So they get their deal. Um, two months after that, all of a sudden we have the uprising because it's Turkey who said, "Oh, really? You're going to go and screw us? I don't think so." And this oil and this gas is supposed to be coming from Kirkuk. This is where the Kurds are playing a role. So the whole idea, and by the way, the Kurdish population makes up 9% of Syria is Kurd. But you have different types of Kurds. And this is where it gets very complicated for me because this is like Sunni and Shia that has a lot to do with it. Um, But they want the Kurds who are on board with the program to be running the show in Syria so they don't pipe it on out to Tartus where the Ruskies pick it up or whoever else they can sell it to. They want it to be at the connection point. So this is what is going on. No one gives a crap about Syria. Not a single crap. They got nothing. They do like $4 billion in oil a year. No one cares. This is all about the Islamic pipeline deal that Assad signed, and they're stopping that. And, of course, it's very important for a a country like Turkey and for Europe, actually, to not just be reliant upon all the Russian natural gas. They needed an alternative. We've already got the North Stream, the South Stream, and the the Nabucco, whatever it's called. Right, and we've already seen the – because the Russians already played their hand too soon by screwing Europe. Exactly. By pulling the plug and even having to go through the trouble of killing all of the Polish government. To get their way with this, with their pipeline. So that's why NATO and Europe are on board because they also don't want to be dependent upon the Russians. They want to make sure that they have that independent oil. But we don't actually run northern Iraq. Iraq. The Kurds run northern Iraq, at least when it comes to pipeline security. So that's where the rub is. And they want to make sure that the pipelines continue, that the oil, and it's about 30% extra. I mean, there's a huge amount of gas and oil that's coming in. It has to be connected in Aleppo and home to go up and not out to the left, which is the deal that the Russians had. And the Russians, of course, are sitting there going like, hey, we got them on the front end, we got them on the back end. We got them on the top, we got them on the bottom. And that's what's happening. And that's why you're not seeing any reports on Turkey killing Kurds in uh, northern Iraq, because they're just killing the ones that are in the way. So the ultimate outcome will be the right Kurdish government taking over syria no one no one cares about these people no one gives a shit about these people it's all about these pipelines because all the oil companies the only future they have left is service industry and of course this ties into iran the reason why they're not supposed to be in this soon is because it's fine we want to have your nationalized gas and oil coming in but we want it to route the way we want it to route 
Now, of course, there is another faction who think that that's the last bastion, right? We already got Iraq, so we might as well go and get Iran and control all of their natural resources. I think they're kind of afraid to do that. Uh, so they they really don't want uh, Iran messing around with it because we you know we'll we'll do the deal with you. We'll take your oil and gas. Just let us route it properly and shut up already. Go away. That's what's going on. No boots on the ground in Syria. No one gives a crap about the people. It's all about routing the oil and gas upwards. Dun, da, da, da. Ba, ba, da, ba. In the morning. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> was... Another pipeline episode. Yeah, but it's this is what's going no, on. No, no, that makes nothing but sense because there's no real any other excuse. I mean, except for the fact that Diane Feinstein uh, in, uh, in a casual conversation said that she thinks they should have a no-fly zone. All I've been hearing is, no, no, we're not going to do a no-fly zone. We're just not going to do it. And then there's just a lot of saber-rattling, and we're not going to do anything. And the British are going, no, no, we can't send them anything. We, we had a clip last last show, or the show before, where the British foreign minister says, we're not, we're sending them, you know, uh, tell cell phones. Oh, oh, you know, oh, oh, oh. And, while you're on that, hold on a second. I got, I got another clip from Panetta. And he's talking about the cell phones. This is actually about self-radicalization in uh, Afghanistan. Just to show you that these people are all actors and all boneheads. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to this. Mr. Secretary, uh, there was a Pentagon report in the spring that said most of these green on blue incidents had to do more with personal grudges. Um, Basically, Americans maybe disrespecting Afghans and it led to bloodshed. Green on blue, by the way. This is a new one. Green on blue violence. Yeah, this is talk. Yeah. Uh, they said very little Taliban infiltration. Now, you mentioned the Taliban. Are we seeing a change now? We're seeing more Taliban infiltration with these incidents? You know, uh, in talking with uh, John Allen, uh, it's clear that, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of no one source that, uh, uh, that is producing these kinds of, uh, uh, of attacks. Uh, some of it uh, is uh, our individuals who for one reason or another are, are upset uh, and suddenly take it out. We've seen that here in the United States. Really? Uh, oftentimes. Uh, secondly, there is a self-radicalization that sometimes takes place within it, so a person may not be a member of the Taliban, but suddenly is self-radicalized. Uh, they're tuning in. They use cell phones to tune in to uh, various uh, you know, uh, stations that provide incentives for that type of thing really so they're taking a cell phone and tuning it into a station that radicalizes people or that kind of thing really 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 well i have three clips one that can that finishes with another uh panetta clip because they're not talking about what the india if you as you know i've been spending most of my time listening to foreign uh, news broadcast from India, Korea, Vietnam, boring. Yes, this is a, uh, this is a very uh, very good service you're providing. So uh, the Indians uh, blame the entire thing on the Pakistani ISI and the fact that they have been sponsoring, and they have a reason for this. No, wait, for, what, for this rationale. what are they blaming? They're br- blaming ISI, the, intelli- the inter- 
uh, you know, the inner the Pakistanis, yeah, the Pakistani intelligence, CIA, and uh, and the Haqqani network. And I have two clips. When of course we don't talk about the Haqqani network, but the, apparently the Haqqani network, according to the Indians, of course, in the Pakistani listening to this podcast, the two of them say, "Oh, the Indians blame everything on us." Well, in this case, they do. Play Haqqani Network Part One for the for the opening. And by the way, this is from the Indian News, so they play music and they cornball it up. It's worse than anything we've ever produced, but it's but the information's interesting. And now for all the details, Pakistan is in the line of fire once again. A latest report by a U.S. think tank reveals the link between Haqqani Network and the Pakistani spy agency ISI. The startling report said that over the past three decades, the Haqqanis have penetrated key business sectors, including import-export, transport, real estate and construction in Afghanistan, Pakistan, the Arab Gulf and beyond. As ISI Chief Lieutenant General Zahirul Islam held crucial talks with his CIA counterpart, a damning report by a prestigious U.S. military academy has said that the dreaded Haqqani network receives financial and logistic support from the Pakistani military. Financial records for the network obtained by the U.S. military demonstrate that the group has long obtained the bulk of its logistical supplies in Pakistan and operates across the country, not just in the tribal areas. Before you ex- go on, this is interesting. Uh, I didn't get a clip of it, but uh, one of the questions in the State Department briefing is that the Secretary of State, Lucifer, uh, Hilton, Lucifer Hilton, uh, she has 30 days by law to deem the Haqqani Network a foreign terrorist organization. So they're not actually recognized by us at this moment as an FTO. Well, it sounds like from the description given by the Indians that this is more like a bunch of gangsters because they're in, in, in if you listen to import export, they're yeah. in real estate, drug they're, dealers. They're everywhere. And so now we have a little more analysis in part 2 of this clip and then uh, we find that when Panetta is asked about any of this stuff, he or or the or our, National Treasure discusses. They never. It's like it's verboten to talk about these guys. And as far as uh, Pakistani security establishment was concerned, for too long it had believed that once the USA pulls out of Afghanistan, they would be appointed as their viceroys to look after Afghanistan. When they realized that their uh, hopes were being belied, the Pakistani security establishment instigated Haqqani network to target Western citizens, particularly the U.S. soldiers and citizens. And as a result, you can see there has been a spurt in the killing of U.S. troops, the Western troops, as well as Western citizens in Afghanistan over the last one year. And I think uh, the U.S. saw through it, and it is in light of this that Admiral Mike Mullen made his famous statement uh, that we know that a Haqqani network is involved. And I think you're right. I, I think they're just thugs, and we're and we're probably doing business with them with arms and drugs deal, drug deals. Yeah, I think so too. But they're meanwhile killing us left and right, and some of the more recent uh, incidents seem to be stem from this. And no, so meanwhile, uh, we hear Panetta, and I have the Panetta clip, which is Coach uh, Panetta uh, <laughs> discussing something in a, and, and in some way that I haven't yet to grasp, and and. I wanted to ask you if you ever heard this sort of terminology used before. Uh, obviously, uh, the number of casualties are going to increase. 
The past week also brought five more attacks on U.S. and NATO troops by men in Afghan army or police uniforms, another growing trend. At least seven Americans were killed. Secretary Panetta outlined preventive steps being taken to try to reverse the trend. Our enemies have attempted to undermine the trust between uh, the coalition and Afghan forces, and in particular, they have tried to take credit for a number of so-called green on blue or insider attacks that have taken place this fighting season. Yeah, this is the green on blue meme again. Yeah, but he said they finished it with this fighting season. Is this the <laughs> NFL? No, it's like... Are we in the baseball league or what's the deal? Is this fighting season? It's like... Hey, what, it, what? It's for rating. It's like the television season. Because, you know, we have when we have no new shows, we have the fighting season. It's the fighting season. This green on blue, by the way, this is going to happen here in America. Green on blue is army against police. This is what's going to happen in America. So be ready for more of this mean to be propagated. Green on blue. Yeah, I like, uh, during, I like the term. During the fighting season. Hey, CNN, it's the fighting season. Don't worry about your ratings. We'll, we got something for you, baby. We got a new season of fighting. So anyway, so it appears as if the Connie Network is the real key players here, if you listen to the Indians and yeah. their uh, deconstruction. Yeah. And then if you kind of read between the lines and what the Americans are saying and all this, this latest trend they're trying to reverse, it sounds like, you know, we're just, we're screwed. And of course, nobody wants to talk about any of this. Well, why would we? It's the fighting yeah, season. We're screwed. It's, it's the, the fighting, fighting season. <laughs> we get the ratings up. It's the fighting season. The uh, International Criminal Court is being tested. Uh, and of course, uh, when we have uh, some douche knuckle from, uh, you know, the Balkans on trial, then it's uh, headline news. Angelina Jolie shows up. But, uh, when the U S and uh, Israel and the UK are being hauled before the court, you don't hear much about it. The families for five Iranian nuclear scientists say Israel. Great Britain and the U.S. assassinated their loved ones. Those families are now asking Iran's legal system to pursue their complaint through international courts. Iran claims the attacks were part of a covert mission by Israel and the West to sabotage its nuclear program. The U.S. and Britain have denied any involvement in the murders. Israel has not commented on the matter. <laughs> we're staying mum. We're not saying anything. So this led me to a clip which is a meme fest of Iran. This is the problem, you see. Uh, Panetta doesn't want Iran uh, meddling in Syria, uh, but, you know, we've got Israel making waves, and uh, and Iran is, you know, it's, just, it's a big problem, because not everyone is clearly playing by the same script. This is MSNBC, and this is a lead-in, and and the and this the segue we get, the segue we get from this... Uh, uh, I guess battleship that crashed into a Japanese tanker in uh, no, the Strait that was of a tanker that hit the side of the boat. Who, who hit who? I thought the Japanese hit us. Mm, I don't know. That's not really relevant to the story. Yeah, it's not. Anyway, go on. They, the point is, where's the radar? <laughs> you know, or or someone looking? Yeah, you know, something like that. Just, hey, hey, boss, hey, boss. There's a big ship over there. We don't want to turn right. Uh, the segue into introducing the Israeli ambassador to the United States, a meme fest. A Navy destroyer has docked in Dubai after colliding with a Japanese oil tanker near the Strait of Hormuz. The incident tore a 10-foot-long hole in the side of the USS Porter. No injuries or spills were reported on either vessel, but the Navy is investigating just why this destroyer turned directly into the larger vessel. The accident takes on a critical, takes a critical warship out of action. 
Now, it takes a critical warship out of action. Just as the U.S. has deployed protectively in the area in case... Oh. And listen to the flubs. Israel were to take action, military action, against Iran. And to that point, is the window closing on diplomacy with Iran? Before Israel were to launch a preventive strike, a pre-active strike against Tehran's nuclear facility. A pre-active strike? <laughs> pre-active strike against Iran. It's a pre-active strike. Okay. It's, it's, so, so first of all, uh, one of our battleships... These people is, are actually paid serious money, by the way, compared to what we make. Oh, bruh. So this battleship is out of commission. So already we can't really stop anything from happening. You see, this is uh, it was why a it's cruiser, critical. wasn't it? A cruiser, or battleship. A she's a battleship. Battleship. Well, that's not a battleship. That's not a battleship. She's, she's no way. She, she said battleship. What was the name of it again? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah, you look playing. it up. All right. Now listen to this guy. Israeli media are reporting today that Prime Minister ben- Benjamin Netanyahu is nearing a... Benjamin. Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Benjamin. Benjamin ...decision on military action. His deputy foreign minister said Sunday that Tehran should be given weeks, not months. Ooh, there's that meme again. Weeks, not months. ...to stop its nuclear program. Joining me now is Michael Oren, Israel's ambassador to the United States. And you are the author of of a very uh, widely noted op-ed in the Wall Street Journal in recent weeks. Time is short for Iran diplomacy was the headline. Did you uh, read this op-ed? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, more than saber-rattling. And you made that point very effectively. Uh, Why do you believe that time is short, and could there be military action in weeks, not months? First of all, good afternoon, Andrew. Always good good to to be with you. Um, Well, we've now had five months uh, of diplomacy, attempts to get Iran to negotiate an end uh, to its nuclear program. They haven't worked. Uh, Well, they, they they have a nuclear program, but it's not to make weapons. It's to build nuclear energy. The IAEIAALMNOP has said as much. Uh, we've had several now years of sanctions against Iran. The sanctions haven't worked. According to the International Atomic Energy Agency, uh, the Iranian nuclear program is actually accelerating. Yeah, it's accelerating, but not for weapons. That's exactly what the agency says. It's not stopping. Now, keep in mind that no country has a greater stake than Israel than resolving the Iranian nuclear threat. No country has a greater stake. Oh, why? By diplomatic means. And we have the most skin in the game, Andrea. Skin we're in right the game. right next door. And- You're not right next door. Skin in the game? He says we're right next door. Look at the map, people. We have Saudi Arabia. We've got Iraq. I mean, it's thousands of miles. You're not right next door. That's a lie. And Iranian leaders, Ahmadinejad, the chief of the Iranian military, have just recently, recently reiterated their goal, which is the annihilation of the state of Israel. They did not. <laughs> annihilation. Really? When was this? <laughs> the annihilation of the state of Israel. This, Anni- guys, this is just nothing to see here thing that they put on these with these idiots on MSNBC. How this guy got his thing into the New York Times is some sort of a scam to get probably part of that Panetta thing to tell uh, the uh, Iranians to back off on the Syrian thing because they're, they're in the game. And so a skin in the game is a key word there. Uh, to, to not do anything, this is what we were going to make a stink. I, I think this whole thing is just a, a nothing to see here bullcrap thing. Oh, this a, guy's a stooge. Who is this guy again? This is the uh, <coughs> Israeli ambassador to America. So I believe... This guy was is a Israeli... No, he's the Israeli ambassador. He's an American. 
No, he, you said he's the Israeli ambassador yes. to America. Yes, he is the Israeli ambassador to America, but he's an American. So he works for the Israel. He works for Israel, and he. Yes. Yeah, he's a CIA agent. Clearly. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I, I, you are, you are, you're heliuming again. It's a. Did you download a, a video or something? I didn't do anything? Maybe they I'll ask the kids. <laughs> ask the kids what they're doing. You need to upgrade your Skype, man. Not gonna help. <laughs> we have to be very realistic about this. Diplomacy has not succeeded. Sanctions have not succeeded. We have to keep very seriously all of those options on the table. That's right. This, uh, I think, is uh, is just a... Uh, it's probably only to help Romney win, is what I would think. I don't think there's going to be anything going on between Israel and Iran. Uh, Iran. By the way... Yeah, I, let's reconnect, before, because it's. It, I can't take okay. you serious. I love you, man. I can't take you serious. Hey, man. Oh, hey, on. you can't take me seriously when I'm talking like this? Hey, it just fixed it. I did? I think so. Talk. Hello, testing one, two, three. <laughs> no, you didn't fix it. All right. Yeah, I didn't think I'll, so. I'll call you back. Uh, damn kids. They're BitTorrent. Uh, let's try. Here we go. Is this better? Yeah. Yeah, it's better. So, okay. The USS Porter is oh, an early crap. No, no, no. You got to... What? Yeah, no. It's helium still. This is shape-shifting on your... Uh, on your router or something. You know, this never happens on any with anybody but you. Yeah, well, listen. I don't know what it is, okay? Okay, well, let's just, yeah, let's let it relax for a second. Call me back again. <laughs> I think you have to actually uh, upgrade your Skype, but okay, I'll call you back again. And while that's taking place, I see that, uh... Oh, he's going to call me. Maybe that'll help. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, there's some, maybe we're still stuck in no, the same No, you, You've got to reboot your Skype, and you have to upgrade your Skype. Okay, I'll go do that now. Yeah, go upgrade your Skype now. Please. Okay. Please. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. <sighs> I've only asked five times. Hold on. I really like your, uh, now that you're back, I really like your uh, your new Skype picture. Yeah, that's the real me. You also changed your profile picture while you were at it? Like, everyone's waiting, and John's like, I think I'll change my profile picture. No, no. When you when you go through the setup process, it demands <laughs> you to send some photo. <laughs> John's like, well, let me find a better one. I like this one. Yeah, I bet you would. You kind of shaved a bit off your... You look like uh, McCain. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the USS Porter... Is an Arleigh Burke-class destroyer. I don't know where anyone got the idea that it was a battleship. I don't think we have any battleships left. And, uh, you know, it's one of those guided missile ships. It's got a bunch of missiles on it, you know, they shoot. So uh, so if they said uh, battleship on that report. They said battleship. egregious. So Michael Oren. They get paid like millions of dollars to do these shows. Oh, please. She's an idiot. Michael Oren is the ambassador, the Israeli ambassador to America. He is, I uh, was born in 1955, American-born Israeli historian and the Israeli ambassador to the United States. So he's born in America. 
And I'm looking at his wiki page. It does not have his height. So this guy's a total obvious spook. Let's see what else he's done. Um... He's not even, you know, he's not even a local. He's like an American. They, <laughs> he's not a local. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he's not even a local. Uh, let me see. Military service. Uh, no, 79, joined the Israeli Defense Forces. Paratrooper <clears throat> in the 82 Lebanon War. His unit was caught in a Syrian ambush. Oh, he's got a, yeah, he's got a bone to pick. Uh, academic career, Hebrew University. Uh, okay, uh, visiting professor Harvard and Yale. Oh, he got both sides. Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. Uh, by the way, speaking of schooling, um, something changed in Egypt, which is pretty funny. Uh, here it is. This is what changed in Egypt. On Egypt's state television, the president's spokesman announced a series of changes to the military's top brass. But most important was the departure of this man, Field Marshal Tantawi, and his number two, General Sami Anan. As leaders of the Supreme Council of the Armed Forces, they took over the reins of power when the former president, Hosni Mubarak, was ousted last year. And it seemed they were reluctant to let go after the civilian president, Mohamed Morsi, was elected in June. Now Mr. Morsi is asserting his authority. The president also cancelled a constitutional declaration previously issued by the military, which limited his powers. So this new guy, so this is basically a coup, as they have kicked out the military, who I think pretty pretty much had the... Um, uh, had the Egyptian people's uh, best interests at heart, they kicked him out and they brought in a new guy, two new guys, who was educated at the American War College. Yeah, no, almost every military t- top brass in Egypt. It's just a this is window dressing. They moved out one American stooge and put in another, which oh, is fine. Yeah, I think by the way, the the thing that's interesting to me about this Musri guy, yeah, uh, is that he's gone into with the permissions of with permission of the israelis he's gone into the demilitarized zone known as the gaza strip and it, which has been taken over by gangsters and apparently uh gangsters. jihadists who want to get him out and he sent the military in there and i think one of the promises this other guy wasn't going to go in the way he wanted to and not only rousted all these jokers but filled all the apparently thousands of miles of tunnels that were in and out of Gaza into the Palestinian area, uh, the uh, what do you call it anyway? They the Gaza Strip and, and the what's where's West, the, West the Bank? Tunnel? The West Bank? The, it's not. It's, yeah, well, whatever. Where all the Palestinians have been holed up and they have to have tunnels going in and out. <laughs> I mean, this is. I'm sorry, folks. We the do the show. We have tunnel land. I don't, if I'm writing this, I, we, I'd have all this stuff. In tunnel front of me. land. Uh, tunnel can, land. Candy land. So they went in there and filled in tunnel land. <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, uh, you know, the guy looks like he's working for us. Yeah, you think? <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. The United Nations uh, Human uh, Rights Council came out with another report on uh, Syria. It's too funny. This is literally the funniest thing ever. I, I got it here. I marked it up. Um, so they interviewed over a thousand people about all these horrible crimes, war crimes that are taking place. And there's this little thing here. The lack of access significantly hampered the commission's ability to fulfill its mandate. Its access to government officials and to members of the armed and security forces were negligible. Importantly, victims and witnesses inside the country could not be interviewed in person. 
He didn't interview anybody. They only they, they only interviewed people outside of Syria. And and the whole report is filled with little ditties like this. The commission reviewed videos of shelling in the following locations, which appeared to be indiscriminate, although neither the authenticity of the videos nor the target of the attack could be verified. <laughs> they were looking at the YouTube videos and wrote a report about it, John. What? The commission took note of video evidence emanating from Hama government in July 2012, indicating the use of cluster munitions. The photographs and video of bomblets could not be corroborated. The whole thing is based upon people who were not in Syria when they interviewed them, and, vi- and YouTube videos, and they wrote a report, a 102-page report. Well, I can do that. Okay, so it's the Sinai, that Sinai area, North Sinai in particular, yeah, which tunnels. had the tunnels into the Gaza Strip area. Yeah. So they could funnel people in and out, and they were, they were apparently moving a lot of weaponry through there because the Sinai is completely out of control, was demilitarized, and they... they the Egyptian army was not supposed to go in there under any circumstances, but they've been given a go-ahead because they're they're sealing off the the, the Gaza from the uh, from from Egypt. They're filling so up, they're filling filling up the tunnels. Yeah, they're filling up the tunnels. The tunnels are done. Tunnel land yeah. is over. <laughs> tunnel land, Sinai region, also known as Tunnel Land. I think we need to uh, take this for a second. And now back to real news. The elites are all over the elite media. I was quite surprised. First of all, just... Is that the headline? That's my headline. First of all, Prince Philip uh, is back in the hospital. I guess he needs more virgin blood. So they're working on that. But there were three elites, three female elites, in in fashion news this week. First up... Yeah, this has been been the, the latest thing going on. Condoleezza Rice makes her debut as a fashion model for the NFL. Uh, 57-year-old is now posing for the newly revamped line of NFL apparel for women. For the new season. Yes, for the new fighting season uh, called It's My Team. So that's very exciting. But then we had Chelsea Clinton. She's in Vogue magazine, which means uh, her credits are building. Remember, home, home Abedin. She was also in Vogue magazine. That gives her all the credits to not be an Islamist or member of the Muslim Brotherhood, or sisterhood for that matter. Uh, Chelsea Clinton, uh, if you read this article, looks like she is indeed very interested in going into politics. Um, and she comes across as a real shit, as far as I'm concerned. You're a latte-drinking douche. But the one, She's from Stanford. What do you expect? Yeah, the funniest one was Condé Nast Traveler did an entire piece on... Uh, well, hold on a second. It's the message is clear. <laughs> so, of course, I read the whole Chelsea Clinton article and I'm like, uh, in vogue. But the hit, something struck me very funny in the Hillary Condé Nast Traveler. Um, the title. Oh, that, that piece. Did you read it? Yeah, that's great. Where it's most, it's where, ridiculous. Yeah, where in the world is Hillary? Nine days with the most traveled Secretary of State in history. What is the one big takeaway we get from this? I don't know if you caught it. Was there one big takeaway for you from this puff piece? No, I couldn't stand reading it. I probably stopped in the second graph. Hillary Clinton does not sweat. No matter where she is, no matter what she's doing, no matter what he's... Oh, he... reptile. Hello, everybody. In the morning. Proof positive she's a reptile. 
She doesn't sweat. She does not sweat. Not here. Uh, I'm reading from the article. Uh, One very intimate detail that most people still don't know about Hillary Clinton, which I shall divulge. She does not sweat. Literally, she does not even glow. No matter how high the heat, not a drop, nor a drip, nor a bead, nor much as the faintest glisten can be detected anywhere about her person. She's a freaking lizard. Now, this is interesting because that explains why she likes to sleep on a rock. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. In the morning. Very good. It even took me a second, but I liked it. There's a pun in there somewhere. Yeah. So. um, She's a reptile. That's funny. But wasn't it also Obama who wanted the Reggie Love said that he couldn't stand how Obama wanted the heat up really high in the presidential limo in the beast? These people, are all, they're all reptiles. David Icke was right. They're lizard people. How well, that's can, what David Icke would say for sure. How can you be in her position? And by the way, with... Uh, um, and she never sleeps either, it seems. <laughs> this uh, woman is on the move. But, you know, she, uh, she's got jet lag. Uh, she, she, you know, she must be nervous once in a while. But particularly the heat of the countries that she goes. And no, no sweat. Yeah, in those countries, because of the humidity and the rest of it, or New York where she spends a lot of time, you get wet. I don't care what you – you can't soak yourself in enough antiperspirant. Let me see if there's anything, anyone else that we know who doesn't sweat. I find it I find it disturbing. I think you're onto something here. Let's see. Wikianswers.com. Do lizards sweat? Let's see. No, of course not. Well, I don't know. Uh, lizards, hmm. no, they do not sweat. Do snakes sweat? She could also just be a snake. No, 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 they don't sweat. No, uh, reptiles do not sweat. They don't have sweat glands. People normally sweat. That's what keeps you cool. You know, you sweat some moisture onto the top of the skin, and then the evaporation of that moisture of the water uh, cools the body down. I mean, that's the idea. It's a simple air conditioning unit. And that's why when we have real high humidity, there's no evaporation that takes place because the humidity is maxed out. So you can't evaporate the water and you're, you're miserable. So she has to be like <laughs> she must miserable. Be miserable. <laughs> she looks miserable. It's possible she's just miserable. Like, I can't sweat. I'm miserable. Damn it. I can't sweat. <laughs> wow. There's a couple of blog posts about this, but very few. Mainstream media hasn't picked up on it. I mean, it's so obvious. Uh, it, it, is this a medical condition we don't know about? No, there is a medical condition. Oh, jeez. There you go again. Hello? Uh, am I out? No, you're not out. You're just high again. Oh, that's because I went to this. Okay. You know, it's these damned uh, websites. Oh, really? It's the website and not your router, perhaps? or No, the router's been reset. It's fine. Well, no, it's not fine because you're helium again. Well, I don't know. This is a weird phenomenon. Why doesn't it just put me into AM mode like it used to? I wonder if there's no. a way. You, are you using a USB mic? Well, no. I'm, I'm going through a, a – of course, I, everyone's using a USB mic. I'm not. Oh, really? How are you plugged in? I'm plugged into the microphone uh, input, the line input of a uh, of a Windows machine. Huh? With what? What do you, I have, dude? Have you seen this? I have, I'm carrying around. Dude, 
500 pounds of gear. I've got mixers. I've got compressor limiters. I've got tube amps, and I have line. I have XLR to. I've always been on a USB mic, and I used to go AM. I used to fall back to AM. As you remember, uh, now I'm falling into the helium. What, what's, what is the mechanism causing this? I think uh, maybe you, here's an idea. Why don't you upgrade to Skype Premium? There, is there such a thing? <laughs> yeah, you can upgrade to Skype Premium. You pay Microsoft some money. Ah, uh, sucks. <laughs> I'm leaving you. I, I don't want to go through that again. It'll it'll uh, change hopefully. Okay, well, people, people, like like it. It. people like I, it. People like it. Yeah, squirrely. I'm squirrely. Yeah, you're squirrely. People people seem to like it. Anyway, so there you go. Confirmed proof. It's proof. It's a fact. Hillary Clinton is a lizard. You keep your eye on her. She might be shape-shifting any minute now. All right, so what else we got? Um, uh, I got something very interesting that happened to JFK, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, let me play one of my clips first. What's that? Oh, never mind. You're on it. Play it. Port Authority is investigating how a jet skier managed to walk undetected through two runways, climb an eight-foot fence, and walk into a terminal at JFK Airport while wearing a bright yellow life jacket. The 31-year-old man's jet ski stalled, and he had to swim three miles to shore near the airport. He was charged with criminal trespass. The Port Authority called a meeting with the company that created its $100 million anti-terror system. There you go. Charged with criminal trespass, the guy was trying to get out of the water. (laughs) Hundred million dollar security system. Uh, Here's a here's a suggestion from the chat room. Your sound card sampling rate gets switched by the browser, probably due to an error in the sound card driver. Hmm. That's a possibility. Although I'm going into the USB port. Mm, Yeah. But that could be. I could see that happening. I think that would have something to do. I'm going to switch to only using Chrome rather than uh, why don't you, Fire, uh, Fi- why don't Firefox. You, yeah, no. Fi- well, if, if you're using Firefox, a good chance is. I mean, it's the it's the the bane of everything. It's really gotten bad. Why don't you just unplug your mic and plug it back in again? Maybe maybe something cool will happen. We got, we got nothing to lose. Yeah, do it from the USB. It's a Dell, dude. It really does slow down the pace of the show. Hello? It's trying to boot it. Yeah, it, don't do anything. It works. What? It, whatever you did, it works now. I unplugged the uh, the connection to the USB port and then I replugged it in. And it worked. Perfect. Now at least huh. we know what to do. That pushes it toward the be think The driver. It's the browser. Browser slash no, driver. No, I don't have a I'm not going through a sound card. It can't be the driver. Okay. There's no, USB has no drivers. No, USB has drivers. Oh, okay. That's that, that, that what they're looking at. Okay, here's what what the setup is. <laughs> so the so I plug. It's an M Audio Fast Track, which has drivers that run the USB port. This is actually uh, I'm looking at Skype, and it actually talked about M Audio producing this problem. Interesting. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know how to fix it. Yeah. Okay. Good. There Easy you go. fix. Maybe you should get like a studio, like a real mic or something. Invest a little yeah. money. I, we haven't got, you know, we get some more donations than, than what we got this time. Maybe I'll be able to afford it. Okay. But right now, I, you know, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. <laughs> 
off key on that one. Yep. I just want to, before we start thanking everybody, I want to, I do want to do one shout out for one of our donors, a lesser donor, uh, Christina Eli Ellett in San Diego, because she has a douchebag call out. She wants some karma for a teaching position interview. Uh, and she listens to the show with her husband, Lee Ellett, mm -hmm. who needs to be called out as a douchebag with douche his best bag. friend, Matt Farrell. Also, Matt Farrell. And Matt Farrell. Douchebag. Because I donated before them and I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And girls get preferential treatment, send pictures. <laughs> the old send pictures meme. Nicholas Stowe, Austin, Texas. You're, he's waiting for you to get back. <laughs> yeah. That's right. $100. A few drops of gas to get you home. Donation number four towards my knighthood. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. M Nick. Michael Sueda in Warman, Saskatchewan, $100. Greetings from P the Paris of the Prairies. I thought Paris was Saskatoon. I mean, it oh, is. he is in Saskatoon. Saskatoon. I've been a listener. It is. And it's, I've never been. I've always wanted to go to Saskatoon. So some, why don't you Saskatoonies, you know, get a fund or something. I'll come up there. We can hang, hang out. <laughs> I hang out at the cafes. I've yeah. yeah. Here's, here's what you do. You offer John a speaking gig. And send yeah. him a ticket so the morning of he can go, well, I don't feel like going. <laughs> I've been a listener for about a year and really have enjoyed the podcast. A first-time donor, so I'd like a de-douching as well as a karma shop shot, shot to help me raise my three sons outside of the mainstream media farce. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Very good. That's how you educate your kids. Outside of the mainstream media farce. Media farce. I like that. Farce, We're going to use that Media term. farce. Uh, Brandon Savoie in Silverdale, Washington, 6969. So we're keeping up there. They're back on track. <laughs> After a close call. Very close call, which I still kind of want to dispute, but I'm letting you slide on this one. Sir Oscar Nadal in Tecate, California, 6969. They used... Uh, he needs a scooter paint job karma shot. <laughs> okay. You've got karma. He says he's actually in uh, Tijuana, and he knows himself as the romantic Hispanic. Yeah. Jean-Pierre Fisset, Fisset, say I think it's Fisset. Fisset, Fisset. We just call him Fisset around these uh, parts. Ottawa, Ontario, 6969. Donation to request good karma for my wife, Val, who is facing a challenging exam for her Ph.D. Mm, wow. All right. Well, here wow. comes some... Uh, yeah, give her, give her a good one. Exam You've karma. Got karma. PhDs listening to No Agenda. Of course, she might not be a listener. We <laughs> hope she is. Like, She's getting a PhD. Says, you know, these guys are losers. <laughs> now that I have a PhD, I'm divorcing you with you, you stupid show. Listening to that. Sir GQ, 6969. ITM, Jen, semi-drunk donation. I'm on my third Manhattan. Hey, semi-drunk. Yeah, he's semi-drunk, but he's not kind of drunk, so I got to be kind of semi-drunk. I'm, I'm going to do it Texas style and talk through my teeth. <laughs> I'm on my third because you, you can drink a lot and talk through your teeth, and you still sound a little sober. <laughs> Crown Special Reserve and Sweet Vermouth. I'd like to call my girlfriend for being a douchebag. <laughs> douchebag. He is drunk. And not donating on my birthday, 12 August. Also, like to propose to her on the show, eventually. 
I would, however, like some engagement karma, even though I'm making her wait a bit. <laughs> Until she donates. You've got karma. <laughs> Honey, I are not donating. I'm not marrying you until you donate to the No Gender Show. Stephen Nelson in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Double nickels on the dime. Joseph Willis. Sir Joe Willis to you. Palm Bay, Florida. Nice area. 5510. In the morning, I'd like to send a birthday shout out to my brother. We've got him on the list whose birthday is on Tuesday, the 14th. And if there's any karma left, I'd like a science, science karma. Love the show. Mm, okay. The science is in! Science! Derek Boley in New North Sydney in New South Wales, uh, Australia. 5510. Uh, this is my yearly donation for my birthday on August 17th. Another year has passed, but some things haven't changed. Adam is on the road again with the lovely Mickey and hasn't left the house. <laughs> I also have an update on the status of my friend and fellow listener, Dave Bettany. Bettany or Bettany. Bettany. Still a douchebag. Oh, let me douchebag him. Douchebag. Keep up the great work. Derek Boley, North Sydney. Australia. Scott in Mount Vernon, Maine. Double nickels on the dime. I'm requesting karma for my wife, Catherine. She's interviewing for a job this week. If she is successful, I will exit the Boner Dome, a.k.a. Poor House, and enter the Donor Dome, a.k.a. House Full of Hookers and Blow. As a matter of fact, if she gets the job, I will enter knighthood as I will be able to enter the Society of No Agenda Knights in one fell swoop. The illustrious Instanite donation of $1,000. May God protect you both from the impending drone strike. All right, job karma it is coming your way. You've got karma. William Bryant, wonder if he's a relation to William Jennings Bryant in Spartanburg, South Carolina, 5130. Uh, in the morning, donating is addicting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we hope it was more people felt that way. Congrats on, congrats on five years. Here's to five more. Can I get a laughing Hillary with a two to the head in the middle? No conflict. Whoa. Uh, I don't know if you can find no conflict. Uh, she just well, wants I, a chuckling Hillary. I, you don't have that as separate anymore. I don't do you think have? I have a. Well, let me see. Uh, that her giggling thing. Yeah, I might have that. Uh, hold on a second. It's worth looking for. I have a no. Con I think I can find no conflict. <clears throat> no, I don't. Uh, would it be under Lucifer? <laughs> it's like it's gotten so hard. Like you look up Hillary, you got to look under Clippity Clop. See, you've got to look under the H for Hillary. Then you've got to go down to Lucifer. No, I uh, maybe it's in our evergreens. Do we have? Uh, uh, we're gonna have to do a make good. Give okay. him a, a karma shot, and we'll get back to this one. Okay. You've got karma. So our first, our first make good, which is a <laughs> broadcasting term for people who screw up advertising, and this it's kind of advertising, I guess, for him, for William, for Bill. What was uh, who did no conflict again? Who was that? That was uh, that idiot, uh, the MSNBC host. They're paying money to uh, Sharpton. Oh, Al Sharpton. Yeah. Yeah. Can't Robert Kruger, Alijo Viejo, California, Aliso Viejo, I think. $50. I just want to say, a uh, new listener to the show, love it. My Canadian friend Neil recommended this to me, a liberal tax-loving Canadian, by the way. <laughs> Chris Slowinski, Sir Chris Slowinski, uh, Sherwood Park, Alberta, $50. Sir Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, $50. And uh, There's no real conflict! 
And Hillbilly, uh, first-time donor, long-time boner for 50 bucks. I'd like to call it my buddy as a boner for not donating in a while. Okay. Uh, What's well, his name? I don't know. Douchebag. His name is Douchebag. Could I get some karma for this slave? Hope this helps get Mustang Sally a whole 30 <laughs> miles down the road. Which is about right. Oh. You guys are doing a great job, and I appreciate the analysis and deconstruction. It's entertaining, informative, and helps with the work day. Keep up the good work. Right on. And last but not least, Sir Mike Master. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Don't step on the karmas. And last but not least, Sir Mike Westerfield, uh, $50, and that's our... Uh, well, I have a couple of uh, meetup donations. A couple of meetup donations. Uh, so first of all, we we do put uh, Rick Smith on the associate executive producer list uh, for hosting us in Twin Falls and a donation of $100, which we highly appreciate. Salt Lake City, Justin Peck, uh, associate executive producer and our uh, host for the meetup. Uh, he would also like a dedouching. You've been dedouched. And he handed off $100. Of course, uh, J.R. Uh, Hill, Justin Hill, $333.33, as we said, executive producer of uh, episode 453. Kevin Despan, Despan, uh, $100. Uh, thank you, Kevin. He's the uh, the LDS who wants to baptize me. Then we had uh, Sherry Osborne. Uh, Throw him in the drink. <laughs> Sherry Osborne was there with her uh, husband, Sherry. Um, she gave us... Actually, I think you have to uh, look her up on Facebook. She gave us a hand-painted rain stick. I love these things. Have you ever had oh, a... that's the thing that makes all that racket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, but it's hand-painted. She makes beautiful rains and masks and stuff. Uh, no, she's friends with Miss Mickey on Facebook. You can find her there. She, I mean, I don't, I don't think I don't she's selling Facebook. And it's not for you that I'm saying that. Uh, but we'll take a picture. I mean, it is a lovely piece of work, I have to say. And it may just bring rain. Would it be funny if it started raining now? Doing this. What is the what? What are rain sticks for? To make it rain. I think it's just a sound effect thing for the uh, uh, Indians, African, tr- uh, or I'm sorry, Australian. I think it's an Australian Aborigine uh, noisemaker. No, I thought they had the uh, those those other things. Didgeridoo, the, yeah, didgeridoo. And finally, Brandon and Elizabeth Espinoza, uh, both LDS, uh, very happy with the show. They say thank you very much for not being a douche about LDS. Which was nice. Gave us two silver. <laughs> you know, dollars. people are easily there. A lot of people are douches about all these religions. Yeah, we're not. We don't. We're not douches about it, are we? No, I think we're pretty no, good. Not no. at all. Anybody said that well, specifically? Um, and uh, Brandon gave us uh, two silver dollars, and his uh, uh, his wife is a newlywed wife, Elizabeth, who is. By the way, hold on a second. She is totally. That's one mother I'd like to. Works for Goldman Sachs in uh, Salt Lake City. Yow. Yeah. She's, and she's really cute. And she supports the trading desk. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, she wouldn't tell me anything, though. Of course not. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to tell you douche-knuckle anything. Uh, so that is, uh, that's it for our donations. We were low. Uh, we need help, particularly uh, in the dog days of summer. When do the dog days end, John? Because uh, I can't wait for them to end so we can uh, uh, get back to... Uh, Probably five in five shows from now, maybe. Uh, anyway, so we're we're not quite making rent on uh, the sin bin. Ninety five dollars a day. I think we're doing about one hundred and fifty dollars a day in gas. 
between 150 and 250 dollars a day, depending on how much we drive. So we're uh, we're not quite making. Uh, and then of course you've got your ca- your your camping fees, which are 2750 because we're COA members, so we do get a deal. You didn't uh, join Good Neighbor Sam or whatever that other one is, the competitor. Sam's Club? No, it's not Sam's Club. It's Neighbor Sam or it's Good Sam. What is it? Uh, Somebody in the chat good, room knows. Good Sam's. Yeah. No. Coa Campground. They're, they're two operations are both they're, they're equivalent. Did you get the bumper sticker, the little bumper sticker <laughs> you put on your truck? It says Coa. You might as well put, I'm an asshole. Yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah same thing. <laughs> this campground, by the way, is filled with Dutch people, which is kind of funny, too. Wow. Yeah. Right. It's Adam and Mickey. It's Adam and Mickey. What are you doing here? Oh, you poor people. What's wrong? Adam and Mickey, you have no money? You can't stay in hotel? What is that little thing you're pulling? Oh, it is very, very, <laughs> very, very, very sad. org slash N-A. Oh, we have a, a make good. So you're getting a lot of uh, sympathy, yeah, from your Dutch compatriots. You watch; there's going to be pictures in the in the gossip press in Holland. Adam and Mickey broke, <laughs> which I can't refute. And you be in with the with the, the show that your pathetic little trailer uh, <laughs> with all the writing on it. This is a nightmare, John. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Uh, Sir Jason Schrader in the morning. This should complete my... Oh, this was a make good. We didn't read his note. Uh, this should complete my knighthood donation. It went with $202 since it corresponds with the HTTP code 202, which is for the request is accepted but has not yet been fulfilled. Like that. That's a great knight donation, isn't it? Request 202, request accepted but not yet fulfilled. Yeah. Uh, I've been signed up on the 3333 Mothership uh, Pass plan but haven't received the ticket as of yet. Well, no. you don't. This is only when we're taken off. Uh, I imagine it's uh, on the way soon, but can you make sure it gets here before the before we leave? Uh, please give a call out to Jimmy at freehollowbooks.com. He's the one that got me started on the program several years ago. I do hold the distinction for being the first person mentioned on the show for using the challenge coin for its intended purpose. And, Jimmy, you still owe me that beer. Please call out Jeff Shore as a douchebag. Douchebag. Uh, and a late congrats to Adam and Mickey on their nuptials. Wishing you all the best. It's been funny how at the beginning Adam was definitely the crackpot and John the buzzkill. But over time, John isn't knocking down as many of Adam's theories anymore. You're close to just being two crackpots. Can you just play John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day jingle? Because it cracks me up every single time, especially after John gets off on something. We need more of that. Thanks for watching so I don't have to. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. All right. Well, we could we, we should mention something sorry. since I. I'm sorry. I'll do it. You did a pre pet peeve. I might as well. Well, I have birthdays to do. Oh wait, but no, this is still part of the donation segment. Oh, okay. Then I get to play it again. Good. So, so we had a guy write in, and Adam, of course, gets uppity about it, assuming that I made some error. I did not to- get uppity about anything. You're a douche. All I said W-T-F is WTF, which it says uppity. No, I said. What? People can't unsubscribe from PayPal? WTF. WTF for PayPal, not uppity towards you. Well, I took it the wrong way. You then. took it personally like, an, beside, like a dick. It's beside, but, this but is the why I don't want to talk to you outside of this show. You're always taking things the wrong way. Oh, I saw you. Yeah. You just did. Because yeah. so, I was just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> sure. Just kidding. Psych. 
See, look. See, see what I have to deal you, with? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this guy writes in saying, I don't know why you can't unsubscribe me. By the way, people, you can unsubscribe yourself from any of these programs. And 90% of the time, you've already been unsubscribed. This guy wrote us complaining he wanted to get off the $4 a week plan. He hasn't been contributing at nickel since February. They dropped him because of one missed payment. We've set it up. So if you miss a payment, you're done. You're off. But also, we don't have, you can set it up so well where they're going to hound you and hound you and hound you until they find your new credit card number and they're going to put you back on the payment plan and all the rest of it. We avoided that because I don't like the idea because if somebody wants to not donate and for whatever reason or they want to unsubscribe, it should be effortless. And all you have is you're just pretty much it'll do it by, by itself. Right. And so meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself over after the whole complaint deal was, is anybody actually checking their credit card bills? Yeah, he even called Mevio to get a hold of us. And they said, well, we can't help you. And you're going to talk to Adam and John. Yeah. But no, no I, I don't think people do check their credit card bills. I guess not. So, no. So you're a lot of people out there think they're donating. All right. Now get but a little, they're not donating anything because so, there's no... You know, they drop you. They do this constantly. So what's the pet peeve? The pet peeve is uh, check your credit card bill. <laughs> John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. Lame. Lame. Birthday, birthday. Sergi Q congratulates himself. Of course, he is not going to marry her since uh, she didn't uh, do a donation for his birthday. That was on the 12th. Sir Joe Willis congratulates his brother Ryan. He celebrated on the 14th. And Derek Bolly congratulates himself celebrating tomorrow. A happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday. Yeah. Show, oh, 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 oh. And uh, no nights, so... Dude, we are in trouble. This is not. I have. I have something to. to Second half of the show. No, no. This is about still about the donations. Now we. Now he came in and said that he was going to propose on the show. Yeah. So I'm hearkening back to the old Carson show, where they used to have marriages on the show, and they would have proposals on the show, and it would it would be get ratings up. We've had a we had a proposal on the show. I think. I don't remember yeah, it. Yeah, I think we had one. I remember one. How about a marriage on the show? You could marry them. Uh, yeah, and that's really that. exciting. <laughs> well, maybe it's a special. Maybe instead of the as producer's update or <laughs> Mr. Oil, we could <laughs> bump him and... I'm not bumping Mr. No, not, okay, now you're biting the hand that feeds you. I know Mr. Oil runs the stream. Thank you. Stream and, and uh, gives us all the bandwidth uh, for the... Uh, Stream. No, for the MP3s. You'll recall I sent you an email and I said, hey, just got the Amazon bill, 1700 bucks." Funny you didn't reply to that. I didn't see this. Yeah, I said the Amazon bill, because you know, we, we, we wanted to stop at Mevio, so I just threw everything into an S3 bucket, $1,730. Oh, that's kind of steep. And then I, and I went to oil. I said, did you get any, any, any stats out of it at least? No. You should, what? Yeah, I wasn't running stats, and I just threw it in there just to cover us up. You know, I was like, all right. And then oil has like some data center that belongs to Goldman or Bear Stearns or Citibank so or whatever. So we're we're riding the. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. We're in a data center where you know where the flash code is. Uh, 
Uh, see, Void Zero says uh, that's uh, Void Zero uh, help help set it up. He runs everything, uh, the technical stuff. He says we got over one terabyte in a week. Ooh, what? Uh, yeah, the show. Yeah. If the show hit one terabyte in a week, yeah. If we're sending one terabyte in a week, how can we not be making money? <laughs> this is is a- that like? Well, that shows you that we got a lot of people listen, uh, that are boners, not donors. Uh, are you? Uh, is that for two shows? Does the week mean two shows, or is it terabyte a show? Mm, well, there were there were only like two or three shows up there. So, but you know, once everyone has it. So this is yeah. The, that's It'd probably, be nice to have some numbers. That's the only reason I'm. And you still have it split because you're still loading it on Mevio. Well, because people don't listen, and then I know they don't listen. They don't check their credit card. They don't even listen to, to the show. <laughs> Apparently, people send me. I swear to God, John. People will send. I don't. I love it when people well, send. I me. I know exactly what you're going to say, and it uh, happens to me too. Here's my pet peeve. So when people send me a link and say, <clears throat> "I'm sure you've already got thousands of these." I don't mind. I'm like, thank you. Because actually, eight times out of ten, it's the first time I'm seeing that because most people think, oh, we probably already saw it. He doesn't need that from me. So pet peeve number one is always send me something. But when you say, hey, check out this great this great talk with this guy at Google uh, about pipelines. And it's exactly what we've discussed. Two shows ago. What do you mean? Forty shows ago. Yeah. We'll get we'll get links three weeks later. Hey, this is really great. Have you read this? I mean, are you not listening to the program? Well, you don't I want to scare him off. No, but it's just like, come on. By the way, Radio One uh, has kicked out Chris Moyles. He's no Moyles. longer Moyles. 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 Chris Moyles. The Chris Moyle Show. Um, so they've uh, they've kicked him out, and uh, they're bringing in a new dude, young, hip. He's got his hair crazy, all spiky. Hair. Yeah, it's, it's always like hair. The Brian Brushwood of Radio One, Nick Grimshaw. What is this guy doing? What is the big change he is making? No more s- singing jingles. I predict huge failure for this morning show. This is a big mistake. What? Yeah. So Why? Because they want to freshen it up. No it's more not fresh without jingles. No, no, no. No more singing jingles. So, for instance, like uh, we have the best podcast in the universe. That's a sung jingle. You know, that's something that you will remember and you will be singing to yourself until you want to blow your brains out, because it really, really works. This guy comes in and says, "No more singing jingles, radio jingles." It has to be like with a, just a, a logo sound. Or those are terrible, it's especially the on the radio. The swishes. Yeah, it's, like, nah. it's Radio One. I am. I am Nick Grimshaw, soon to be out of a job because I killed the singing jingle. It's dumb. It is so dumb. It's the dumbest thing ever. S- singing jingles are gold. I gold. agree, hundred percent. I was gold. Uh, it's just as soon yeah. as Jeff Smith first got hold of us. Yep. After we had said no jingles. <laughs> After we, we had no jingles, which is another another track you can do. 
And we had no jingles. So we and then we got jingles because Smith said, you know, what kind of jingles do you want? I remember we went two or three shows where I said, what More jingles do you do? Did you make a list of jingles you want? I said, I don't know if I can think of any what we want. And then you said, I, I'll think of one. And you didn't think of one. And then Smith said, screw you two jerks. And he made a bunch of jingles on his own. Which was which this one? Which we used to this day. Dot org slash N-A. I remember he made that one. No, he made the, didn't he make the opening for the show? Uh, no, that was uh, Dave Fox at uh, Okay, Fox came in later. Z100 right. in New York. And uh, done by, uh, no, wait, it was mixed by, oh, man, Jan Paulette. He mixed those. So I had so Dave Fox was, cut all the things. And Smith Jan had a couple real early well, ones. Okay, were, okay, well, okay. Oh, he, he did In the Morning. Yeah, well, he did. In the morning. Well, that came later. And then he had this one for us, I think. No, someone else did that no, that's one. Not, no, that's not Smith. No. That's a great one, though. Yeah, that is a good the one. bird. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like the, the bird. The bird makes it work. The bird is the word. Um, no, he did uh, this one. Don't look over here. Nothing to see yeah, here. Ooh, look at that. I think that's one of his, right? Yeah, you can tell his. He's got a distinctive style. And this, of course. The science is in. Science. And of course, the all-time classic. If you see something, say something. And those are just a few of the many jingles you will hear on this collection of No Agenda <laughs> Jingles. Call now. Only $5 shipping and Singing handling. Jingles. Singing jingles. So take that, Radio One. Yeah, Stupid. Well, idiots. Meanwhile... You know, uh, we discussed the BBC uh, getting like an MI6 guy to run the show. Mark Thompson, the outgoing president of the BBC, he's now the incoming president at the New York Times. I <laughs> predict more failure. Come on, we can't. This is like this is like you can't have an MI an, a former MI6 guy running the New York Times. New York Times it was already compromised, and now it's all over. Now it's just completely done. Done, I tell you. I'm not why they did this. And it, I mean, it has to be approved by the CIA. Of course, of course the CIA approves. But why would they want an MI6 guy? Why don't they put one of their own people in? Unless he was always CIA. Because it's elitist. You get a British guy. You know, it's like he, oh, he yeah. can switch. Maybe he left MI6 and went to CIA. That's possible. Yeah, I'm sure they could do that without shooting you. More mainstream moves. W-O-R-A-M. A staple of New York City broadcasting. Bites the dust. Sold to Clear Channel. They're still buying things? Yeah, well, that W-O-R is a legendary station. Yeah, it's a fire. It's a torch. And let me ask you a question. i ask Johnny Boy a question. So, twice now, twice Reuters comes out and says, we were hacked. That what that story was fake. We were hacked. May I make a suggestion? That they are just making mistake after mistake, and then instead of saying, uh, we screwed up, they just say, just tell them we're hacked. I like it. I don't believe for a I mean, what is this, we were hacked? Fakes. I like the idea that is an excuse I, for th everything. I think we should do that, too. If, if you and I make a mistake, oh, we were hacked, man. Oh. We made a couple of errors recently. Some every once in a while we say <laughs> just, the wrong thing. We'll just say it, we, it wasn't we us. Were, we were hacked. 
And so anyway, so uh, after and somebody did bust into the stream, I guess last week or the week before. No, took- no, that was just what the, I heard. No, it was just the system crapped out and then automatically Doug kicked in with the news. It was not a hack. It was just bad. The Doug set, is still in business? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doug just, I haven't heard Doug forever. He, you know, he's one of these great employees. He doesn't complain. He just reads the news. <laughs> he's, he's not a douche about it. You know, it's just he, Doug's a good guy. If you listen to noagendastream.com, you'll know what we're talking about. And then, of course, uh, after my comments about uh, this whole Curiosity Mars rover being one big fake studio job, I get people keep sending me... Uh, pictures and say, are you convinced yet? And again, I just get a picture uh, of the thing looking at its foot. <laughs> convinced yet. And the funny thing is, I, and I put this in the show notes. This is really great. So someone sent me a picture that was embedded on a page of uh, of like, you know, the, I think it was day two, Mars sunrise. And then below it, there's a whole bunch of pictures that are uh, embedded automatically by the Google API. So Google makes suggestions of other pictures you might want to like. They're all of like New Mexico. <laughs> so Google analyzed well, this you're picture. You're away there. Google analyzed this picture and went, "Yeah, that's New Mexico." <laughs> so, so meanwhile, the BBC. Uh, I don't know. You know, they're trying to to sex up this 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 lander. Yeah, because it's, a bore, it's, if it's the, boring. If you're assuming it's fake. not even there, but it's a boring. Whatever it is, is boring, and it's fake. I'm not buying the fake, but, you, but you can you can stay there. Prove it to me. Just prove it. Prove I'm it. I'm not going to prove anything. I don't care. It's boring. I don't care if it's fake or not. But I'm thinking it's not fake. But here's the BBC <laughs> trying to sex it up by imagining what is nothing more than a pile of bull crap. <laughs> the Mars we see today is a dry, dusty planet. But by studying its rocks, Curiosity will be able to build up a picture of what it was like billions of years ago. The theory is that if we could travel back in time, three billion years, we would see a planet where there was widespread volcanic activity and where water flowed freely on its surface. Even further back, Mars was thought to be a warmer, wetter planet with a vast ocean and possibly even life. Curiosity is the, the kind of the most advanced mission sent to another planet ever. And it could well, you know, change the way that we, we think about the whole of Mars's history and the prospect of life on Mars. Oh man, this is the same cubic script they used for the moon. It's the exact <laughs> same script. Oh, yeah, billion who cares? I don't care about billions of years ago. Show me something cool on this planet. All we've been is indoctrinated with 3D images. We saw How come we saw the lunar module land on television live? Yet we couldn't see that with Mars Curiosity because it had to unpack its suitcases for three days. Explain that to me. Because the whole thing is fake. Mars exists, but this whole Mars rover thing, I don't know what the agenda is here, but you are being duped. It's New Mexico. Okay, so that's what, that's your, you're sticking to that. I am definitely sticking to it. So it's not, it's not like we don't have bases on the moon and Mars. But this 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 thing is not true. Yeah, if we got bases on Mars like you suggest. What? Why? Why are we faking any of it? We just have some guy come out. Uh, well, actually, I should say I shouldn't say we. There are bases. There've been we've known about moon bases since 1953. 1953, we've known about the moon bases. What but are these, you talking but about? These moon bases are not ours. These moon bases are used by the travelers who now live amongst us. 
Gypsies? <laughs> Gypsies. <laughs> Romas, we call them. <laughs> Romas. It's all right. It's okay. You believe whatever you want to believe. It's a One thing's for sure, it's a big waste of your time. It's a big waste of your money. So here's one. Okay, so I got talking about wasting money. This is a weird. I listened to this. I went, wait a minute. What kind of what kind of German investment is this anyway? Mm-hmm. India, one of the world's fastest growing economies, offers many opportunities for investment in diverse sectors. Infrastructure development is a priority, be it big cities or small towns. India's eastern state of Odisha recently signed an agreement with Germany allowing an investment of 67.26 million US dollars for the development of urban infrastructure. It will fund projects for the improvement of infrastructure in capital Bhubaneswar including roads, water supply, sewerage, solid waste management, drainage and slum development. <laughs> slum development? Slum development? <laughs> And the Germans are investing in this? Yeah, the Germans are coming in to develop some slums Heinz. for the Indians because God knows the Indians haven't got any slums. Heinz, I have a perfect opportunity. Heinz, Heinz, we need to invest in slums in India. It's a gross market, my friend. It's a gross market. Very good. All right, well, I can top that. I can top that. The city of Meridian, Mississippi, according to the Department of Justice, City and public school officials in Meridian are running a, quote, school-to-prison pipeline, end quote, (laughs) where teachers and principals send children to juvenile detention centers for things like dress code violations. The policy, while in play for all children, tends to, of course, discriminate against black and disabled children. In a statement, the DOJ said, quote, the system established by the city of Meridian, Lauderdale County, and DYS to incarcerate children for school suspensions shocks the conscience, resulting in the incarceration of children for alleged offenses such as dress code violations, flatulence, <laughs> profanity, and disrespect. Are you farting again, Timmy? Off to the pipeline. Off to the prison what? pipeline. Yeah. Where is this? Um, was that Missouri? Missouri, I think it was. What, fart and go to juvie? Yeah, well, it, it's the it's the school-to-prison pipeline, my friend. Well, they might as well get the kids used to it. <laughs> it's slave training. Slave training. Now we have right. a we have a thesis on this show, which we've uh, which we've discussed many times, and from time to time, when a good one pro- crops up, we'll play an advertisement for a uh, pharmaceutical product, which is so blatant in the downside <laughs> that we have concluded that the more you highlight the death and destruction that a product can bring to your life, the more likely people are buy it or to buy it, correct? That is a thesis that we work with. And uh, and I still believe this to hold true. It was Mississippi, by the way, not Missouri. Mississippi. For the, the school to prison pipeline. That makes sense. So um, if you were to be in the business of selling cigarettes... What would you think would do really well in selling more cigarettes, particularly, in particular, to young people? Are you thinking of those cigarette packages they're putting out in Australia? The decision means that from December, Australia will become the first country in the world to have logo-free cigarette packaging. 
Instead, all packets will come in plain olive green colours. The only imaging will be graphic photos of people suffering from cancer-related illnesses. Have you seen these packages? They look like zombies. Oh, yeah, zombies. the ones with the teeth are the ones that get me. It's like a zombie pack. I'd be buying that like, this is awesome. It looks collectible. <laughs> it's very collectible. This is like, I'm like, are you stupid? Do you not know the first thing about marketing to children? Go look around. This is what they love. This is Walking Dead. This is, uh, my God, this goes back to Faces of Death. The government's attorney general said 15,000 people a year die from smoking-related illnesses. 15,000! Let's, let's screw an entire industry. And that the court's decision was a victory in the battle against smoking. We have taken on big tobacco and we have won. We have taken on big tobacco and we have won. And we have won. We have won. won. won anything. We have won. We've won. You didn't win. And this is good news for every Australian parent who worries about their child picking up an addictive and deadly habit. And so it's not good news for the children. It's good news for the parents of the children. This is even crazier what you say. The new plain cigarette packs are designed to be less appealing, <laughs> especially to young people. The company's name will only appear in small print. But several of the biggest companies, including British American Tobacco, Philip Morris and Imperial Tobacco, have fought plain packaging, saying it robs them of their established brands and logos without compensation and may actually mm -hmm. encourage a criminal market in fake or imported cigarettes. Now, I think it's going to... I think th these guys should go out. you got to show bits of lung... I mean, this is going to be a bonanza. Sales will go up. Put it in the book. Sales of cigarettes in Australia. Meteoric I, I, rise. I, I'm on the same recommend as the same prediction. Uh, by the way, Miss Mickey and I are stopping uh, after the tour. I think, Again? I don't know I, yeah, no, but for good. Uh, this was our wedding gift to each other, but we we decided we would do it after the tour. <laughs> it's too stressful. Thought it'd be kind of uh, oh, no, 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 can't do it now. Do it after the tour. <clears throat> so uh, we are stopping, and I'm uh, quite frankly, I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done. Kind of like when I was done with weed. I'm just done. Mm. Yeah. Um, a quick thing I want to talk with you about uh, the war on mail. Now I heard you bring this up on this week in tech, uh, which I, which by the way, I understand why podcasts are awesome. Because uh, uh, you know we're driving to the country. And you can't listen to a radio station for more than 15 minutes. And of that 15 minutes, 10 minutes is commercials. And then you lose the station. If you have any type of commute, it's a, you know, unless you're in a uh, metropolis, it's very hard. So um, while we are at a Wi-Fi spot, I downlo downloaded This Week in Tech. You were on. And, uh, oh, by the way, if you don't see the video of Brian Brush Brushwood, he just makes me want to pull out the, the 380 and shoot myself through the head. The guy, he's nice and all, but, oh, my God, shut up, Brushwood. Just chill. You're funny, but not every second. <sighs> so then this com and he's an Austinite, so he's, I'm sure he's a cool guy, but, damn, man, just, you know what I mean, John? If he would just, like... Temper himself I a little why I bit. Dropped to have have less coffee bomb on him. Even even Leo said, "Hey man, we we're doing that in a minute. We're just we're doing something else here. Chill out for one second, and stop sucking Kevin Rose off too. That was annoying. Not you, <laughs> but uh, Brushwood. What an amazing journey. No, so <laughs> what an amazing you failed the failure. Amazing journey. Anyway, doesn't matter. So 
This is why podcasts are great, because I'm sitting there literally yelling at the podcast. <laughs> so I'm like, I understand why people get into a show like No Agenda. I'm sure you're yelling all the time. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are. So then, Those uh, idiots? Yeah, so then... They the, don't even know where the Gaza Strip <laughs> is. The tunnel zone. Really? Really? <laughs> we are... Honestly, John... Hold on. Let me just... We do. Uh, actually, uh, where is it? Uh, I, mean, I used to have it here. Uh, well, we were just honest about it. We just come out and say it. Another Jeff Smith spectacular, by the way. We suck. Wah, 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 wah. So the the conversation comes up about the U.S. Postal Service. And this is something that you've discovered and been talking about for a long time, about how Congress is actually... Uh, forcing the U.S. Postal Service out of business. And they're doing it by making them pre-fund uh, their human resources pensions for up to 70 years. And, they, and and you're on par with Dennis Kucinich, which is even crazier to consider. But the conversation that was on Twitter, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Leo could actually recite the article and uh, subsection of the U.S. Constitution where it states that uh, we have a U.S. Postal Service, but no one would believe that they're being run out of business. And they were just laughing about it. And this, and I'm yelling, I'm yelling at the... No, I have run into this before, especially with this crowd. Or at, at Twitter, I've had other... Oh, that's bull crap. No agenda. Yeah. They throw that in my face every chance they How get. How stupid is that? No agenda. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's like they won't even consider the possibility. And Leo, I, I got, at least I kind of moved him a little bit because he's got to sponsor stamps.com for God's sake. I know. You were even participating in a commercial. If this happens, you were participating in a commercial, which you never do. Right. So, um, I, I'm like, ah, we have to, we have to show these guys. <laughs> like, this is how pathetic I am. I'm like, I got to prove something to the twit crew. Um, and it turns out, four out of five doctors uh, and dentists have seen that indeed there are now all kinds of racketeering charges against uh, mainly the Bank of America and MERS. This is the the outfit that uh, we talked about the other day, the Mortgage Electronic Registry Electronic Registry Registration System, who are usurping title law and are foreclosing on people illegally and unjustly because this database blows chunks. It's probably uh, Microsoft's well, we're on, we're SQL actually, server. We are under attack by the Bank of America as we speak in Washington State. Yeah, because they're running it on an access database or whatever it is. Whatever it is. And I believe... That and this, by the way, if anybody works around the Bank of America, I'd like to talk to you because I'm we're, we're, we're actually, unbeknownst to the bank... We are working with the state of Washington, uh, literally. Who, you, and, you uh, as in you, the Dvorak family? or Yes. Wait a minute, you guys are under attack from this? Yes. No. Yeah. It, was your mortgage a MERS mortgage? I don't know. I, but we, I don't know the background of a lot of this, but I'll tell you this. We're, we're under attack, but we're, we're apparently, this is not an unusual situation. If you get the right uh, representation. Which is not free. You, which is not which free. Is not free, but you can get a settlement from the bank, and they can probably have them give you your money free. But right. this is like this bank is the worst operation ever. So, do you want to talk about this, or is it a no? Too I, I got to get more details. And there's a big meeting today with the, with the Dvorak our, family. 
Yeah, the Dvorak family's meeting with the bank on wow. the phone. On, and a whole, it's supposed to be a three-way call. And the third person is going to be the head of banking uh, regulations from the state of Washington. Wow. Some guy. And so he's going to be in the chat as a representative. But he's not. I don't know how they're going to present okay, him. Okay, so hold on a second. So you need to find out if somewhere uh, you, your original mortgage was registered through this MERS outfit. Because I bet you it was, because that's where the pro- All you have to do is say, show me the title. Show me the title. If they can't show you the title, then they have nothing. But this whole, this is, these people, uh, the banks, have basically just said, we're not interested in law. We don't give a crap about law. We are just going to say this, this uh, mortgage electronic registration system is fact and legal. And the judges are going like, oh, yeah, no, that's okay. That's, that sound looks good to me. They're basically, they're doing the equivalent of coming to you with a uh, Xerox copy of a $10 bill and saying, uh, let me buy that for you for $10. That is the equivalent of what this MERS does with these mortgages, except they, they're foreclosing on you. And I think that this thing is so rampant, so deep, that they need to shut down the Postal Service so they can't be charged well, this, for all this RICO in retrospect going back four or five years. They need to blow up the U.S. postal system yes, for I, this, this very what reason. I, I've been saying this for a while that well, they, because they, they, the way they set it up, first the Bank of America sends you some stuff that tells you to do this and that because they, they wonder about something. And then after you start – if you actually do an exchange with them, they, they switch from the Postal Service to FedEx. For yeah. no real yeah, reason. No, but see, I, you said that, and I thought that was for future stuff they're doing. I think that because, of course, if it's FedEx, then there's you know the oh, no, they're doing this now. The RICO stuff doesn't doesn't apply, right? But I think that they've already done all this through the mail system, and they need to shut it down. And in fact, they need a nine eleven on the U.S. postal system. They need to burn all the documents. They need to collapse a building on it. This is deep, man. This is, and I can't. I'm surprised that that now the Dvorak clan is now. In, Mimi must be freaking out. Well, she's very annoyed by this. No, so they, are they trying to foreclose? Is that what's going on? Yeah, on a on a <laughs> on a loan that we have never missed a payment on for the last 18 years. Wow! And we pay actually a little above and beyond the normal payment. It's almost paid off. <laughs> well, pretty close. Hmm. And they're trying to fork. So, wait a minute. We're going to see you in one of those YouTube videos where you're where you're in a tent outside your house. Right. <laughs> Screw you, Bank. A- and you're holding you're holding up papers. <laughs> Screw you, Bank of America. You, they took away our house. Wow. That well, John. Uh, I'll come up. I'm there. on the front lines, my friend. You are on the front lines. And please see if you can find out about the MERS part, because I guarantee you that this is a MERS mortgage. Yeah, well, we will. We're working on it. So, and and you know, and the, you know that the guy who's going to be the fall guy, I, I suspect, is is the shill. No, the shill they brought in is the new is the new chairman of the board. See, uh, no, not no, the CEO, but the chairman no, Eric, of the board. The guy came Eric from the Dupont. Shill. No, Eric the shill. He's going to be the Eric fall the guy. On some other, he, <laughs> he's not going to be the fall guy for this. Or, he's working. Oh. Uh, uh, is the, the, I think the chairman of the board that they brought over from DuPont, who had a very good reputation, is going to be hung out to dry, and he doesn't know it. Wow. This is this is hardcore, man. I'm sorry you're going through that. That's expensive, too, because you, ha- you don't get a free lawyer for that. Well, you'll win. I, you guys are... You guys are like vigilantes. And, and, and Mimi's like... A, 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 she goes, I know she goes insane. 
There's no guns in the house up there because, you know, if someone comes to the, this is what happened in Texas. You know, some guy, the sheriff comes to foreclose and you're like, I'm so sick and tired of this. You know, the guy pulls out a gun and shoots him. Well, there's a process that we've already got. We got the briefing from the state, the Department of uh, Real Estate, and also the. Uh, also, we've got in touch with the uh, state representative who actually put the bill through that that controls these banks. But yeah. bank, the bank, but Washington has this. Uh, <laughs> they don't have a. They have a different system up there for the bank. Essentially, can can just foreclose on you without a judge in the middle. Exactly. So you have to preempt the foreclosure if with you, a restraining yeah. order. And if you don't do that in time, you're right, done. You're screwed. You're done. Right, but we're, and that's apparently what's going on in a m- number of these states. And the Bank of America is just taking property left and right. And people are, are moaning about it. Oh, they took my property. I'm out. I'm just, oh, well, that's too bad. You should have paid. Oh, you should have taken the big loan out. Like that idiot on CNBC who says, well, oh, these people, they should... Pay their bills when it's all bo- bogus. I mean, the thing is an out-and-out out scam. I'm so sorry for you, John. I, that that you really, should be. Yeah, no, uh, that is uh, that blows, man. So anyway, so this is the conversation they could have had on Twit, but of course uh, they didn't. They didn't know how to milk it out of you. I know. I didn't know this. By the way, not even that. I I did mention this by the way before on the show. Uh, Not that you were under attack. Yes, I did. Yeah, I mentioned it. I, I, I said we had an issue going on, and you didn't notice it. I wasn't going to play it up. Right. But we're going to play it up when I get more and more details as this thing uh, kind of evolves. You are, you but are the in- bank is amazingly uh, – they have – it's, it's, some of the st- stories are so outrageous that it's just the eye-rolling materials. Hey, it's, it's, hey I man. Think it's, at some point, it's this, boring. What time is the three-way? It's, it's, it was at 10 this morning. It's, I wasn't going to be part of it. Ah, did someone record it? Uh, no, we're, oh. this, you can't record it. You got a state officer there. Yeah, you say, hello, state officer, I'm recording you. No, no, he he told us what to do. We just do what oh. he says. Oh. You're, we're being coached. So you're you're trusting the state? <laughs> no, they're they're very mad at the bank. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, hello? Uh-oh. Hello? You're not getting me? Yeah, I am. You're back. You're back. I'm trusting a state agency that... Oh, you're going in and out, man. What's happening? You talk about the state and immediately you're screwed. ...that is annoyed with the, with their target, which is the bank. I know if you're working with the government, yeah, they're not going to help you much, generally speaking, but it's somebody because they're, they're screwing with them. Oh, it's, it's, they're brutal. Yeah. You there? Yeah, I, mean, I hear you now. I'm so sorry, man. I'm that That is... Uh... That's a hassle. I don't need, I don't need sympathy. I need your money. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> Actually, kidding. We, we would get court costs eventually. Eventually, eventually, pain in the ass. But because this bank is is a, they really need to be uh, shut down. They should be the bank officers should be arrested. The board of directors should go to jail. Oh yeah. Now that's that's going to happen. No. No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So at what because point? Because the public puts up with this no, bullshit. No, no, no. I think we're going to have a war with the banks. This is going to happen. If there's going to be a war, you know, you know, people send these YouTube videos around where you just see trains with tanks rolling through all these different states in America. You know, and the, the tanks have no camo. And people are like, hey, man, is that for Syria? I'm like, no, you shit. That's for the banks. The banks are arming themselves. I'm not kidding. Well, 
It's a bastard. I mean, all I know is that when the Occupy started going after the banks, they shut that thing down faster than crap with the oh, yeah. use of the New York Police Department. Oh, yeah. Which they sponsor. So anyway, but so this wow. will be interesting. Yeah, I'll have it all re- in detail. Great yeah, very detail. good. Very good. Wow, and Mimi's man, taking sorry. careful notes. And the whole yeah, thing. yeah, I feel feel horrible for you guys. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick uh, run around uh, Gitmo Nation. Oh, uh, Elon Musk. Uh, he's another space guy, another phony. Uh, he, of <laughs> course, also started uh, Tesla. Tesla, pronounced like Boise. Tesla. Uh, looks like they're going to go bankrupt. Well, that can't be. They got a bunch of government money and a bunch of rich guys buying their cars. That's not possible. The challenge Tesla faces over the next several months, which is a very difficult one, is to scale up production and achieve enough of a gross margin on the product line that we get to a situation where we're cash flow positive. If we aren't able to do that, we will join the graveyard of all the other car company startups of the last 90 years. Elon Musk. Well, that's rather cavalier of you, Elon. So they're going to go bankrupt. But meanwhile, let me shoot some money into space. Because <laughs> idiots are falling for my ploy. He made his money. He made his money. And all of you idiots with that battery car. Yes, Jason Calacanis, I'm looking at you. Good luck on getting service. Hey, when it's time for a new battery. <laughs> You're going to have to be strapping two of those, uh, those Toyota batteries on your roof. The Prius <laughs> batteries. You're gonna have to have okay, a with- you're gonna have to have a trailer hitch with a cart pulling your batteries. You know, these people are screwed. Such a stupid. No, idea. They, the, the, the people that bought that car had money to burn. Obviously. Yeah, it's such a stupid idea. So stupid. So I'm listening to uh, France Van Cat and. Uh, so uh, there's this interesting show shows up once a week. It's called Culture. It's on the, the Van Ken. There's this doll, Eve Jackson, who's a, got this beautiful British accent. She's French from Paris. Is she hot? She's really pretty. Uh, what, wait a minute. What's her name again? Uh, Eve Jackson. Eve Jackson. France 24? Yeah. Oh, wow. With the short blonde hair? Yeah. She's Oh, she's... Yeah. Uh, She's the culture editor. Yeah. Specialize, culture specializes in film. She's so got, she's she, got, has, she has an overbite, but it's a very cute overbite. Yeah, she's really good looking. So she has, she's got this great accent. But she, So here she she gets Pierre Cardin, who's like 90-something, <laughs> on the show. Yeah. Now, I only got two clips, but these clips are hilarious. But the first one, not as funny as the second. But per, first play, Pierre Cardin. At first, she starts grilling him about something in the 60s where he was moaning and groaning. And they had this long quote in French of him complaining about women wearing trousers. He thought it was unsexy. It was stupid. But then he changed his mind and she, she grills him about this. We look back there at 1964 when you said you didn't think women should wear trousers. A lot's changed since then. Yes, a lot because like the women like to be men today. <laughs> what did Pierre say? <laughs> Women like to be men today. Oh, okay. Thanks, Pierre. Thanks for that great ob- he's an observationist, apparently. So so then it became this one. Apparently in the sixties and seventies he used to have these fashion shows where people were wearing this crazy Devo like outfits. Uh-huh. You know, that he just put these outrageous things out there. So she asked asked him this dumb question. And I don't know if you can understand what he says. But 
I can only understand half of it. You always create for a different time than the one we're in. Why are you so interested in the future as opposed to the present? Because tomorrow, tomorrow is yesterday. The more the next in the future, you know. <laughs> I got it. Because tomorrow is yesterday in the future. <laughs> ah, great. Anyway, that's your culture. That's culture from France. You know, I don't think we should be doing the. You know, we did that great conversation about uh, you and your pig and everyone loved it but no one donated and we're not yeah, doing the, we're not doing the right material apparently yeah i don't no, know we what need it to, is uh... all right well then let me hear i'll play something that you've heard everywhere he's gonna let the big banks once again write their own rules unchain wall street they're gonna put you all back in chains <laughs> let me just tell you one thing Douchebag Biden. Yeah, I will. Uh, let me douchebag him for that. Douchebag. He meant to say it. It was scripted, and it was all. Nothing happens by accident. This guy's a thug, an Irish thug, and he's going out there and he's doing exactly what we expected: is ramping up racism in this election season. And by the way, these big banks do have you in chains. They are chaining the Dvorak clan. Chaining so he, you, I tell you. So here's the standard chartered bank BS that ran on the uh, BBC or one of these foreign uh, news stories where they're discussing. Chartered bank, of course, was, you know, breaking American law and they should have been kicked out of, out of New York. But no. Following allegations that it hid billions in illegal transactions with Iran, regulators had accused the bank of breaching economic sanctions against Iran and acting like a rogue institution. From New York, Michel Flery reports. Can a bank really stand for something? Can it balance its ambition with its conscience? Standard Chartered likes to portray itself as a safe and boring bank, but one New York financial regulator has shattered that image. The bank has agreed to pay $340 million, or 217 million pounds, to the Department of Financial Services to settle charges that it schemed with the Iranian government, deliberately hiding up to 60,000 transactions, which were said to have laundered at least $250 billion. Yeah, it's called the shakedown. Shaking okay. them down. They mentioned that there was, uh, that they would, they would have lost... This $350 million fine, which is a spit in the bucket and doesn't even reflect uh, the percentages they probably got from these uh, from the money laundering, <coughs> which can range up to 10 percent, by the way. They did that instead of kicking them out of the state of New York, which they could have done, kicked them out of the country, said you can't do business here anymore. It would have cost them a lot because playing this this crazy game. So if $250 billion of mo- laundered money went through the bank and if that was that would be like. What if it was ten uh, percent? It'd be twenty. I was going to say, just do it times ten. Do it times ten. Yeah. So and they charged their their fine was three hundred and forty million, which was like it it made it profitable. Yeah. It the fine was less than the money they made from these transactions. Yeah, it's called a shakedown. It's it's called a vig. It's what happens when you're That's illegal all it was, trade. Was a vig to the to the uh, attorney general who so it was a big shot now. And where does that money go? I don't know. Where does it go? <laughs> does it go into the Dvorak family uh, Bank of America defense fund? No. No? No. I don't think so. 
All right, just a few more things. Ministry of Truth, uh, I should have mentioned this uh, when it happened. Uh, it was almost two weeks ago now. But there was a uh, TSA petition on We the People, that fine uh, petition site over there at the uh, the whitehouse.govs. What a joke. And uh, they took it down, saying, oh, uh, you didn't get enough votes. They're only like five, 500 votes off or maybe a couple thousand votes. But they took it down early just in case. Uh, and of course, the 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 TSA has a mandate. They have a mandate that all of this uh, should be investigated, uh, which they're just ignoring. Uh, Congress gave them a mandate. And then this little report. The Transportation Security Administration is investigating reports of racial profiling at Boston's Logan International Airport. The New York Times reports more than 30 TSA agents filed international, uh, rather inter- internal complaints rather about their own colleagues targeting minorities in security checks. Travelers say they haven't noticed anything too overt. Once in a while something... I, I love this. What? I love this. So we... So... We have um, the TSA filing against themselves, saying, hey, man, they're profiling black people. Because it's literally black, not saying racial, like as in uh, people with beards who look like terrorists. No, black people. They're pulling them out. And then CNN goes right into protecting the the TSA by saying, but travelers, at least the two idiots we're going to put on television, don't seem to have a problem with it. Once in a while something happens, I get in the random check or whatever, but for the most part it's okay. If they're going to check people randomly and they do check it randomly, I mean, if people want to call it profiling, they can call it profiling, but at the end of the day they're doing their job. The complaints may carry nationwide implications because Boston is testing ground for an expanded use of behavioral detection methods at other U.S. airports. So the thing that gets me is they get like uh, an Indian guy. And at the end of the day they're doing their job, Adam. Yeah, at the end of the day, they sure are. Have you? Has a plane come down? Has a building collapsed? Has somebody crashed? No, they're doing a great job. What am I thinking about, John? I'm just so stupid. I mean, yeah, no, we, this was. Hi, darling. This is CNN at its worst. By the way, talking about taking stuff down, yeah. you know, the media does this constantly. But I think I ran into when the uh, when the Assange stuff was happening yesterday, it started to trend on Twitter. So a slash or the. Pound sign pound. Assange and you pound mean sign. number sign hashtag number sign whatever it is number sign hashtag uh, WikiLeaks hashtag yeah. WikiLeaks hashtag Assange was started trending and then all of a sudden the JC pointed this out it just was taken off just disappeared but the and and I said well you know maybe it stopped trending but no that couldn't be it because unbeknownst to to Twitter that whoever's you know in the government running Twitter they Hello, left Dick Castolo. Hello, Dick Costolo here. Yes. Okay, no problem. I'll take it down. Yeah, yeah. but see, the mistake they made is that they took those down, which were actually trending, and left Bamboozer up. And which was Bamboozer the live Bamboozer was the, one of the lone sites that was streaming the video. Oh. So why wouldn't you take the – why would they – the other things not be trending and Bamboozer still be trending? It and, made no sense because they didn't know what Bamboozer was to take it down. There are entire weeks that go by that I don't look at what's trending on Twitter. I have to be honest with you. I just yeah, well, couldn't no, care. Don't. It's just when it, I don't care. I'm just saying I'm seeing it on there and then it's gone just as the action's beginning. Yeah. And then Bamboozer's still on there for some unknown reason. This was pretty sketchy. 
Yeah, well, it's uh, Twitter is, uh, is bullcrap. Yeah, it's compromise is all I'm saying. Yeah. It's fairly obvious. Uh, okay. Um, oh, this was kind of funny. You saw uh, Dave Mustaine of uh, Megadeth. You know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know who he is, right? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. So he's in Singapore on stage. And uh, I don't know why he does this. He just to discredit people like us. Country. My president. He's trying to pass a gun ban. So he's staging all of these murders, like the Fast and Furious thing down at the border in Aurora, Colorado, all the people that were killed there. And now um, the beautiful people at the Sikh temple. So he basically says uh, Obama is... uh, planting these false flags for Aurora and Fast and Furious in the Sikh temple. You can even hear the Singaporeans going, we love Obama. Hey, man, don't just play play your guitar, boy. Yeah, we don't need to hear this crap. Yeah. And then uh, pick this one up. This is the mayor of uh, Aurora. Interesting language. He, he just, by every standard, appeared normal. Clearly, there's something wrong here. Did he have friends? Did he make connections? Had he put down any roots in the community? He did have friends. He had made connections. He had people he went drinking with on Friday nights. Um, And all the comments to date are normal guy. Uh, Just something very seriously wrong here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd shut up if I were you, Mayor. (laughs) <laughs> this is not the kind of talk that uh, the program is all about. Um, it's just so much. I think uh, ACTA or something is happening uh, with the copyright laws, and I and I only have a little bit of evidence. The Carlyle Group is taking a controlling interest in Getty Images for $3.3 billion. So there, of course, is our magic number. And... Um, why else would the Carlisle Group want a database of images unless they had some kind of legislation they knew was coming? Because mm. that seems like kind of a down-growth business otherwise. Yeah, something's fishy about that. Eli Lilly... Especially for $3.3 billion. Well, hello. Eli Lilly admits paying doctors over $200 million to promote their bullcrap. Uh, this is all coming out now, but of course you won't see this on Anderson Pooper. Uh, but the best one came from one of our producers. Um, do you remember when Google did the flu finder? No. So Google had a, a map, and you could look at a Google map, and you could see where the flu was, so you could see the flu coming towards you. So this flu finder uh, changed to the health map healthmap.org and if you look at the website you'll see that Google is basically still running the show they're funding everything and uh, so uh, the he- are you still there or did you just go away John John did I just lose you what the hell is that <laughs> I've never heard this before John I went offline well, this is weird. And what is Skype making like a submarine sound? Uh, wow. Oh, I love that sound. My 
favorite Skype sound. He, he just disappeared? Wow. Those Bank of America guys are crazy. There's a problem with the internet connection between you two. Really? Uh, you guys still hear me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shields up! This is it. <laughs> oh, I still have a connection. I'm still streaming. Wow. I think John's connection just went... They just pulled the plug on him. They foreclosed on his cable modem. Wow. Wow. That may be it, folks. I don't know. Can I call him on the phone? Oh, I'll try calling him on the phone. Oh. Wow. Yeah, he just shows us offline. Hmm. Hello? Yeah. What happened? I have no idea. Did Skype crash? Well, you were breaking up just, and then I just, just disconnected me. I'm like Bank of America foreclosed on your cable modem. <laughs> it's a different account down here. All right, so back to the health map. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I want to wrap it up with this. So healthmap.org, which is basically sponsored by Google, uh, they send out uh, an email to everyone, and this includes all the like Walgreens, etc., so I can't really tell where I got this email from, uh, about what they're doing. So let me read to you from this, uh, from this email from the Health Map Vaccine Finder Expansion Program. This is Google. Flu season is rapidly approaching, and with it, the launch of the newly redesigned and expanded Health Map Vaccine Finder! There are two major and exciting improvements that will occur to the Vaccine Finder this year. First, starting August 27th, individuals can search for all four types of flu vaccines, traditional flu shot, nasal spray, intradermal, and high dose. In even bigger news, the vaccine finder will expand later this year to allow for searches of 10 adult vaccines, including hepatitis A, hepatitis B, HPV, MMR, meningococcal, pneumococcal, TD, Tdap. Meningitis and pneumonia. TD, Tdap, varicella, and zester. What's zester? Isn't that zoster? Oh, it may say zoster. I'm sorry. Yeah, zoster. What's zoster? This is some kind of a flu-like thing that nobody ever, nobody gets it. It lasts a day if you get it. It's no big deal. We can raise awareness and increase demand for adult vaccinations. In fact, I think zoster, if you look into it, you'll find the guy who did the vaccine is some... Is something sketchy about him and the vaccine itself. So let me read this again. We can raise awareness and increase demand for adult vaccinations as well as help you promote your vaccination service. This is Google. Selling vaccines. No, you're not impressed. I was impressed. Well, I'm looking at the website, and it's like a bunch of people involved in this thing. And I don't see the – I mean, Google's getting some direct funding or giving them some money, but I don't see that it's a Google thing. Yeah, well, this was the flu finder, and they changed it. Well, it was taken over by Children's Hospital Boston, apparently. Yeah. Okay. And who's funding? I mean, I'm not saying that Google's uh, out of the woods in terms of blame, but I'm not seeing it as a Google thing. But what they're doing is they're showing uh, – this is – supposed to help you 
find flu, but really it's not about finding flu. It's about they're literally saying help you promote your vaccination service, and they're yeah, sending that's pretty bad. And they're sending this to Walgreens and other outfits and the HPV. Seriously, so you're just going to get your HPV at Walgreens now? Hey, hey, <laughs> ma'am, your daughter looks mighty young. You know, even if you're a virgin, you can get HPV. Are you a virgin, young lady? Well, why don't you go get your shots right over there? That's the world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Gitmo Nation. We're proud to be a part of it to bring you all the good, the bad, the worse, and the totally ugly twice a week I here. Would, I would take a look at this Google.org, who seems to be the financiers of this thing, and Shona Brown, senior vice president from April 2011. She is uh, from McKinsey & Company. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bridgman Group. Yeah. Sounds to me like they're shilling. Oh, well. All right, next stop uh, will be the next time we speak on Sunday will be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have several knights, dames, and hopefully lots of people who will uh, come to our meetup. Uh, follow uh, Ms. Mickey's tweeters for that. And we have, I believe, a No Agenda producer update coming up on the stream next. Oh. No, NoAgendaStream.com, which is always fun. Uh, so, John, uh, I look forward to an update on the MERS Bank of America on Sunday. Yeah, I'll have something. I'll know something later today. Good deal. Good deal. Coming to you from right underneath the Stargates here at the Arches National Park in Moab, Utah. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where uh, tripwires in play, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. It was tomorrow, tomorrow is yesterday, the next in the future, you know. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.